welcome to the Butts and Seeds podcast, special episode number 100. 100! We did it. We did it, Joe. We did it. We've done this. Honestly, we've sat down to record over 100 times, but this is 100 episodes within our... Within our watching of WCW. Yeah, even then there's some funky math. <laughs> this is episode 100, whatever. Yeah. I'm Nick alongside Emily. Woo. Emily besides undercutting. I'm not <laughs> undercutting. I'm just saying this is the 100th episode in WCW watching the bullshit. This yeah. is like the 100th canon episode. How you doing today, Emily? Great. That's a lie. Shut up. Emily's not doing great, but I am she's soldiering Ill. through. I am on antibiotics. I'm alive. It's well, fine. You know what'll help that, Emily? Don't tell my doctor, but we're about to take a shot! Yeah, it's ten episodes. <laughs> Definitely not supposed to do this on we, antibiotics, but fuck it! We really didn't know what to do for this. Um, so we're going with uh, grind, like a, I guess it's Italian espresso rum. Yeah, it's an espresso liqueur, but it's like mostly rum-based. Yeah. It doesn't taste like rum to me, but we chose it. One, because we've had it before and it's delicious. But the brand is called Grind. And we've been grinding for 100 episodes. Grinding even more lately. Grinding. We really have ramped up how much we're sitting down and recording in the last, like, two months. Yeah. It feels like we got home from our honeymoon and we're like, okay, well, twice a week we're sitting down and doing something podcast related. Well, part of the problem is that we're going to WrestleMania. A Ooh. Patreon episode comes out that Monday. Ooh. The WrestleMania episode is going to come out on Wednesday. Ooh. And then a Mainline episode comes out on Thursday. And you all might be saying, why don't you give yourselves a break? Don't you make the schedules? Emily, here's to the grind and here's to 100 episodes. Here's to the future 100. Would it shock you to learn that I actually have up to episode 200 planned out right now? Absolutely not. No, Nick has had a spreadsheet since we like really started putting a lot of time and effort into this podcast. He has everything laid out until the like the dying day of this podcast. For what it's worth, episode 169 is the final nice. Nitro. That's nice. That's where we decide how much of the invasion we want to do. Yeah. And that'll also depend on where we are in life. But we're long before the invasion here. We're not even even in the timeline right now. We're pre-timeline. We're so pre-timeline. We're here to talk about Uncensored 1996. This is your fault. You can't blame us for this. Or as Emily was convinced we were going to watch, Uncensored 2000. I don't know. I like, We just reviewed that. Because we have a pay-per-view coming up in our timeline, and Nick had been talking about, we're going to sit down and record Uncensored. I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. We have a pay-per-view coming up. This must be it. I must have just like, I don't know. I was not paying attention or something, or I didn't realize it was the next episode, but whatever. Okay, we're going to watch it. And then he tells me what it actually is, and I'm like, oh, shit. I don't know the storylines for this. I am not prepared. I, I was don't, like, oh, I don't... But, but you remember Halloween Havoc 95, right? <laughs> No, we recorded Halloween Havoc 1995. How long ago? You have the spreadsheet up. How long ago did we record Halloween Havoc 95? I don't know. don't have dates for the recordings. I can tell you when uh, the episode was released. It had to have been like two years ago. Episode 50 was June 27th, 2022. Oh, okay. So I'm wrong. We did not watch it in the tiny little apartment. You're thinking the other Halloween Havoc, the first one. I, maybe you showed me the Yeti for the first time in oh, definitely. that apartment. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Because I have a picture of it like on my Snapchat in that apartment. But as Emily mentioned, it's your fault, the listeners, that we're doing this show <laughs> as opposed to I guess, some of the other shows. But then again, we did choose the four um So it's, it's a combination options. of audience's fault and I'm going to say Nick's fault. Yeah. Well, according to you, your next episode was going into the vote. 
you were very unclear with me with what was going on. So I like how I'm you, blaming you. You're, you blame me. You were unclear. Also, you. Yeah, we're not watching Uncensored 2000, a show we've already reviewed. We all know I have a goldfish brain. Let's not use that against me too hard, too often. So a lot the, going on, okay? My kidneys are inflamed. So the uh, so the four options for the vote were Uncensored 96, Heroes of Wrestling, doesn't need a year because there's Woo. only one of them. We will be doing that over on the Patreon. Let's go. Uh, next on the Patreon. Let's go. That's where um, Luger slams Yokozuna, right? So <laughs> I, I actually want to talk about that because... <laughs> I have been wanting to like, oh, we'll like sneak that in at the end. I was like, oh, we'll sneak that in at like the end of this or something or the end of, end of that one. I can't fucking find that anymore. You can't find the body slam competition? It was on the WWE Network, which it's we can't access God. outside of a VPN. And even if I get the VPN, then I have to pay for the network to even like see oh. it. And it's not on Daily Motion or anything. That like is this. so heartbreaking. It, it exists in like cut down clip form. Oh, that's not fun. Oh, that's so sad. That's not. It's not on the Peacock at all. No. Oh. If it is, I don't know what the hell to search. But wow, that's really sad. Damn, I am sad about that. Yeah. So um, here's wrestling with second place. In third place was Fall Brawl '98. It did okay. It didn't do great, but... You know what it did better than, though? Uh, <laughs> Crown Jewel. Yeah. Why the fuck was that even on the poll, my A guy? show so forgettable, I had to go dub in the actual name and we announced it because I announced it as Super <laughs> Showdown. <laughs> well. I mean, I get that people don't want to relive Saudi Arabia shows. Absolutely not. Especially with the politics around it. Let's not even get into it because we have enough stuff that we have to dance around in fucking wrestling these days. Yeah. <laughs> so, the... We're doing Heroes Wrestling on the Patreon, and then over on the Patreon, we just did WrestleMania 29, a show that, when we recorded it, had The Rock <laughs> ruining WrestleMania looming over it, and now it's like, well, don't we feel foolish? <laughs> well, I feel a little sheepish. So, it's kind of nice to just do a show that is kind of in a total vacuum. Yeah, it is. It's Uncensored 1996, taking place on March 24th, 1996, from, I, how, how do you pronounce the city? It's Tupelo? Tupelo. Tupelo, Mississippi. Of Elvis fame. Yes. And more recently in Dorothea by Taylor Swift fame. 9,000 fans in attendance. Um, I don't know if that's a sellout for this because the arena holds 10,000, but there's the set and this set probably takes up a lot of seats, so Yeah, but they also, they didn't like broadcast that this was a sellout or it was an attendance record or anything like that. This show did 250,000 buys. At this time in... WCW world timing, whatever. How were they doing against Raw? Or I guess against WWE? Because I feel like there was a time in the mid to early 90s that WCW was like winning. So I don't know when that change really happened. So this is where the numbers and reality may not always line up. Admittedly, Mm -hmm. I can look up really quick. I mean, who is getting the higher ratings? As someone who peeked into the Nitro before this, they are very comfortable with just having stuff happen on Saturday night. And not necessarily having every big thing happen on Nitro. It's kind of weird. But is that, maybe that's just a sign of them, like, boasting of, it doesn't matter when we do it, people are going to watch. But that whole 82-week streak has not started yet. Oh, that okay. is I guess all, that's what I was asking. That's all NWO-based, because we're in March of of 96. NWO's a few months away. Okay. I, I also peeked into Super Brawl papers before this. And me and Gene just plug in the hotline of like, hey, like two WWE superstars are going to be mm-hmm. coming to WCW. It's Hall and Nash. Well, he also 
pitch something about like somebody retiring. That's on the show. We'll, we'll get to that okay. when we get there. Okay. And I know the Attitude Era doesn't like it's it's weird when it starts, but it's really like ninety seven, ninety eight, right? It's ninety eight, ninety nine. Ninety eight, ninety seven okay. is kind of a prelude. Ninety five is one of the worst years. I in, know. In overall wrestling, people say WWE. WCW ain't doing much better, man. That's why I was thinking maybe this is one of the times where it's better than WWE, better than Raw. So, because like that 250s numbers feels like in a vacuum pretty high. Yeah, I mean both both shows are doing about a three in the ratings. They're alternating okay. little above, little so below. So they're pretty equal. Well, the funny thing is, I actually looked at the buy rates for WCW for this show and just around this show. Outside of some, you know, outliers, they really hold until you know they don't. Around the two fifty three hundred thousand, like people yeah. are just like buying them like clockwork, regardless of regardless what. of what the build, what yeah. who's on it. Wow, I mean that says a lot because they really hastily announced the main event of this show. Yeah, and it's wild. It still did so. I mean WWE, you know, in their dark 2009-2010 period, was still you know outside of a few shows getting those two hundred three hundred thousand buys, and then you have the big shows that do better. But the big show, he's not here tonight. No. My other thought yeah, well, was... Yeah, sorry, yes, he is. The big show's not. <laughs> but the giant is. Absolutely the big show is not. Well, I was actually looking up, like, what else is going on in the world of wrestling around this time of March of 96? And holy fuck, there's a lot going really? on. Well, so the upcoming WrestleMania main event, which, by the way, is next week... Oh, shit. ...is the 60-minute Iron Man match between Sean and Brett, <sighs> which you still never watched. You put it on. <laughs> I put it on and you walked away like 10 minutes in and yeah. like, I don't blame you. I thought I fell asleep. I don't remember I don't remember if I walked away or fell asleep. I didn't finish it. That's for damn sure. Uh, not necessarily in the world of wrestling, but similar. Uh, there was a UFC fighter suspended for, you know, outside of the ring issues. Like drugs? Sex? I, it domestic was, abuse? It was, it was vague why, but uh, that man's name is Tank Abbott. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're telling me that Tank Abbott's problematic and I can hate him for more reasons? That's the best news you've ever given me. On the flip side, Kid Flash was signed by WCW. Who is Kid Flash? A Mr. Billy Kidman. Oh, yeah. He he apparently had a tryout match with Canyon. I'm like, I bet that fucking match slapped. That'd be amazing. Do the kids say slap anymore? I don't know. It's all about the Riz. In terms of this show, apparently Ric Flair, Bobby Heaton, and Mean Gene all got lost on the way here. I mean, Tupelo is kind of in the middle of nowhere, I mean, so I don't really What I saw is, like, when the show started, they weren't here. I'm like, Bobby Heenan was on commentary. He absolutely was here. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, Goldust appeared on the Conan O'Brien show in character in a clip I, I have to go find. Oh, yes. In WWF, the ringmaster has changed his name to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Nice. The ring general. Not quite. <laughs> Imagine that. And at the latest taping of WWF Superstars, a young Dwayne Johnson got a tryout match. Who? We don't know him. But yeah, a lot of weird, big things happening around this time. Man, I really should have made you review WrestleMania 12. Pass. I'm sure we will. We've re- we've reviewed nine WrestleManias, soon to be 11 WrestleManias. We'll get there. <sighs> I don't know. 12 is on my... I have a list of all of them going. Ones we'll definitely do eventually. Ones we could do, and ones I really don't want to do, yeah. and I forget where 12 falls in there. Nah. But, like, one, two, three, and four are ones, and I'm like, I am fine never doing. So you and I watched one and two, right? No, we watched one. You fell asleep about yeah. ten minutes into two, and I'm like, yeah. I don't blame you. Yeah. One was wild. 
one we finished and I was like, how the hell do we have 39 more of these coming? This is garbage. Well, speaking of garbage, Emily, you want to get into this show? <laughs> Can't you tell that I'm stalling? Even at the time, people were like, this might be the worst pay-per-view of all time. It's not even that it's bad. In a, <laughs> It's not offensively bad. It's boring. Well, Emily, you know what else it is? It's, it's doomsday. It's doomsday. It's, it's doomsday, brother. You and I cannot exist in this world, Hogan. I, my one complaint about this opening video package is there's a distinct lack of the master. Yeah, they really didn't lean into. Oh well, not the master. I'm thinking of the taskmaster. Well, I'm thinking the taskmaster's fa- father. You know, yelling Sullivan, my son, and all that. Sullivan, my son. Yeah, they've kind of given up on him. There's no Yete either. There is no Yete. There is just a significant lack of like Dungeon of Doom integration. Yeah, to like, the storyline. There you are. Know? I mean, yeah. So they're part of the alliance to eliminate Hulkamania. Right. And like, yeah, where's the shark? Although he may have also already split off. Yeah. I'm okay with the shark not being here. He's a good wrestler. He's fun to watch, but I don't know that I'd call him a good wrestler. He, okay, we'll disagree there. Okay. You know, the shark's not a good character, but like him as Earthquake, he's fucking great. I always forget they're the same person. And uh, he's part of the oddities in 98. Golga. Golga? Yeah. Oof. Oh, and WCW tie-in, Earthquake's WWF t- tag team partner, Typhoon slash Tugboat. Do you know who he is in WCW? No. The Shockmaster. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. The the Jedi Stormtrooper fucker? He fell flat on his fucking ass. Oh, God. It was not a Jedi. He had a Stormtrooper helmet. But it was sparkly, so he was, like, special. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still unsure whether or not that was meant to be a Stormtrooper helmet in kayfabe or not. Were they like, oh, oh no, on. we totally disguised this. This is not a Stormtrooper helmet. I, maybe we'll have to go back and see what they say in kayfabe because I don't Oh, they know. move on so quick. They're like... I know, and I wish they didn't linger on this. So yeah, it's the Dungeon of Doom, kinda. It's Sullivan and... My son. Meng and the Barbarian and then two actors. I have updated the geography of the Dungeon of Doom in case anybody was curious. You need to create a map. I should. <laughs> we'll sell it as like a t-shirt. I have updated... The geography. Emily is asked that I go light on this, but Emily really struggled with the Dungeon of Doom and the Legion of Doom. Even though the Legion of Doom technically is not on this show, the Road Warriors. Which is so are. annoying. They're all the fucking same. I don't know. They're I don't. I don't know how the Dungeon different. and the Legion of Doom are different entities. I don't see how that is possible. <laughs> they literally don't even interact. That's bizarre to me. That is a lost opportunity for a mega mega heel alliance that they just. Four wind. Well, their alliance instead is the Horseman and the Dungeon. Terrible. And Lex Luger. I guess technically joined the Dungeon of Doom at the end of uh, Halloween Havoc. Did he? Yes, he heel turns on, on Savage and Hogan at the end of Halloween Havoc. But then immediately the Yeti comes out and you forget all about that. <laughs> yeah, I was not focused on Luger's storyline. It's been pointed out that like part of the reason people forget he joined the Dungeon of Doom is because he doesn't get a shit new character. Mm. Like, he should have been the Lexorcist and been like possessed. <gasps> That would have been good, the Lexorcist. Yeah. That would have been great. For 96 standards, that's awesome. Like, as opposed to the mist, he, like, spits the, like, green pea soup. Ew. He comes out in the, like, the ratty white robe that the grudge wears. Or not the grudge. I'm sorry, don't you mean Pazuzu? Is that the thing's name? They name it in the second one. P- 
Pazuzu. I don't think I've ever seen the second. It's Exorcist. not good. I, I think that's. I've not, not seen, seen the third one. I want to because the third one apparently actually is fairly, fairly good. You're not into horror movies though. Because I think most of them are lazy. Well, the third one is like not. It's almost not a horror movie to my knowledge. Well, so, anyway. So yeah, all we care about is the sudden main event of eight men versus the mega powers. Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Randy Savage is just along for the ride here. Yeah, I don't think of him as a mega power. Well, that was their WWF tag team name. Oh, okay. I thought they were actually saying like their status within the company. No, no. That was their gotcha. team name in WWF. Okay. How did that get allowed to come over? I think it's just because it's two words. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you ask Michael Buffer, it's totally, it's totally different. Yeah, well... <laughs> So we get the opening pyro on commentary night. We have Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and whoo, Dusty Rhodes, baby. We felt very different about Dusty on commentary I tonight. I loved Dusty on commentary. I thought he was fantastic. I want him on every pay-per-view. I love him. I think I have more notes about commentary lines than I do about like actual wrestling in the show. Well, that's not surprising. No. Commentary talks the Alliance to Eliminate Hulkamania, which needs a, f- a better name. The Alliance to Eliminate Hulkamania. Hey, maybe call it the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> well, Ric Flair is like, I'm not joining no dungeon. But we go pretty quickly straight into our opening match. It is for the WWE United States title. It's Eddie Guerrero versus Viva Conan. No, this is baby. He's such a baby. And Conan is also in rare form. Conan also comes out to what I'm pretty sure it's a new theme. <laughs> and He's in like a full mask and almost lucha looking outfit. Yeah, he, not the Max Moon outfit though, unfortunately. Oh. Um, but he comes out in, it's a wide variety of colors depending on how the light hits it. But it's red slash fuchsia, blue slash teal, and a little bit of yellow and black. And Emily, I think we have to ask. It is the 100th episode. Who's that Pokemon? Yeah, this was a lot of colors. I I feel fairly confident with my answer. Okay, I I had a few and I decided on one. So the one that I went with, I went through a couple, but this is the one that I landed on. I'm going with Porygon Z. Okay, I had that one. That was one of my options. Okay. My other two options were Tinkatink and Camerupt. Nah, Camerupt's too washed out. Yeah, but it was close enough to the more, color scheme. More like washed up. Um, up. But yeah, Porygon Z, that is my my submission into this game. All right, uh, pull up Google because you're not going to know mine. Of course not, I never do. Uh, I'm going with Orbeetle. I think this is too rich. I think the char- the colors are too deep. The colors that Conan was wearing were more vibrant. These are more like royal. Yeah, it was very relative depending on the lighting, like I was saying. Yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, I, I will fully take Porygon Z. This is one where I'm not like, what, what the fuck? Okay, good. So the match starts, Conan tries for a hold early on, but Eddie hits a top rope jumping arm drag, and Eddie locks in a pseudo ankle lock and does some flashy movement while not doing much until he yeah. locks in a figure four. You can kind of say that for most of this, like flashy movement, but not doing much. They trade pin attempts and then go into a rest hold. We get some more hold trading as it seems like they're stalling, and then it's like, oh yeah, this match goes for like 18 minutes, they yeah. are stalling. Yeah, they are. This is not... A good way to open up a pay-per-view. No. Like, immediate stalling? There's no energy here. Well, this is the era of the main eventers being like, well, let's give these young guys, you know, 16 to 20 minutes and see, like, like basically challenging them to, you can't work the style, and some people prove that more than others. Sure. Like, I, I get it. 
I get that. I get that. Like the last several pay per views, it's been DDP and Johnny V. Bad having to go like 20, 25 minutes every every month. I don't know, but I feel like that can't be that bad. It's a mix. It just goes for too long. Yes. I think a 20 minute match is too long. I think 10 minutes is the perfect time for a match. I think it depends on the story, but. I think that there should never be such thing as a 60 minute Iron Man match. Again, depends on the story. I'm looking at Randy Orton with this one. I don't think that match should have ever happened. Emily, what match are you talking about? Well, obviously, I'm referring to the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels one that happened. No, I was at the Randy Orton match because I, I think I know. The Randy Orton and Edge that went for a fucking hour. No, it, it was not an Iron Man match. Did not go for an hour, but goddamn, it felt like it. Ugh. That was a 45 minute last okay, man close standing enough. last man standing match. It was not a time limit one. If you watch an episode of television, it goes for 45 minutes. You know how much time they give that on on cable TV? An hour. It's an hour. <sighs> to be fair, we had that moment during one of the later match. It's an hour. Uh, Randy Orton did do an hour long Iron Man match with John Cena. Jesus Christ. And to add to it, they did little breaks in between after each fall. They're like, here's a little like minute or two minute break. Absolutely not. I would have left. <laughs> I would have. Relatedly, we actually talked about <laughs> leaving WrestleMania early if they ended up doing Rock and Rome as the main event. And we're like, we're like, this. do we beat traffic? Yeah. Because he's not losing the belt to Rock. And even if he is, I don't care. Yeah. It's literally the pot versus the kettle. I really had to sit there and be like, Nick, you have seen The Rock in the ring wrestle like four times. I Twice, haven't. But... So I can't really give that up as a wrestling fan. That's like something I have to do. Damn it, I'm not going to be happy about it. You're going to suffer, but you're going to be happy about but it. But I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> Conan locks in a Boston Crab, but Eddie gets the ropes. On commentary, Tony Schiavone's like, ah, the U.S. champion. That makes you the number one contender for the world belt. Yes. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, on, it does. on paper. It's literally almost never the case. You're right. But on paper, it should be. And to add to that, like when when Jeff Jarrett was the U.S. champion and was the number one contender, they heavily downplayed how he was the U.S. champion. Well. Now, where does Conan's fictional Mexican title from last month uh, play into this? That's going to go the way of the 24-hour title. That one was at least real for a little bit. For this was second. just like, we want you to have another belt to hold we're not racist here the two speed things back up for a second before going back to stalling eddie hits a top rope frankensteiner and then a camel clutch but conan sends eddie to the floor we get more stalling to the point where we actually just cut to the stage to see the triple decker cage for later in the night like, just like oh, let's go talk about that that isn't that is a um trend throughout this show too whenever there is just like one too many rest holds like let's go see what the cage looks like again yeah so th- so the set is there's a ring on like the stage and there's there's a steel cage around that with two l- smaller cages on top I feel like they're the same size the the uh the height is different oh uh, okay so it's a triple decker cage yeah different from the ready to rumble one though yes but no well, that one was more, was more like a pyramid. Was it? Oh. Like, like, like it had the big hell in a cell, and then there was a much smaller cage on top, and then just like a little even smaller cage on top of that. Oh, I guess I don't remember that set piece. You'll see it soon. I'm good. You don't have a choice. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, Emily's actually not doing the Slambury episode. She's no, just... it's actually just Nick. <laughs> I'm opting out. And then, and then uh, Emily's just going to do Hogan Knows Best on her own. Yeah, that sounds right. In that case, we're doing Brooke. <laughs> On commentary, Dusty Rhodes notes that Conan wrestles sarcastically. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't even know what he was going for. What does it mean to wrestle sarcastically? He's nonchalant is the best I got. But he also accused him of being too cocky. 
And then Bobby Heaton starts talking about Mrs. Guerrero's chili. Yeah, she's like talking about the recipe. Like, I don't know, man. This is also around the point where Nick and I both noticed the amount of times that Dusty Rhodes says, if you will. Which now we just can't. Yes, yeah, so that, that is a Dustyism. If you will. He had a couple of things he kept saying. I know plunder was one of them. Plunder. Yeah, but if you will, just it popped up the entirety of this show, which was, again, too long. Eddie lands on his feet from a Conan monkey flip, which was a cool little spot. Hits a tilt-a-roll arm drag and then a crossbody to the floor. Tope into the ring from Eddie and then a triangle choke type hold. Conan counters with a hold. He gives up on really quick. It's kind of weird. Tony Schiavone is also at this point lauding the moves that these two performers are doing as like, I don't know, great groundbreaking moves for the world of wrestling. Everything you've said has been pretty by the books. Yeah, I mean, you know, styles have changed since 96 a little bit, but. I'm not watching this going, wow, they're so ahead of their time. It's yeah. Like, mm. It seems like they're very much in their time. And not in a bad way, just in a way. Conan hits a German suplex, but Eddie rolls through a second, and Conan hits a massive sit-out powerbomb, but Eddie mm-hmm. kicks out. Guerrero gets dumped to the floor, and Conan hits a light suicide dive, like barely any contact. Conan counters a suplex and hits a clothesline. We then get a very sloppy, quick superplex from Eddie. It was just like, oh, I'm here, and go. It was. It was weird. Eddie signals for a frog splash and counters, and counters a toss into a small package for a two. Eddie goes for a leapfrog, but Conan doesn't get down enough, and he accidentally low blows Eddie, and then this is enough to pin Eddie Guerrero, Conan wins. Yes. It was like, what? It seemed like a really quick ending to a really slow match. Conan helps Eddie up, and like no one looks happy about the result. And I'm like, what the Yeah, fuck? it almost felt like it was an unintentional ending, like if something accidentally happened. Yeah, I, I don't know what the point of this was. I'm really not sure. Conan doesn't turn heel for months, so it's n- nothing related to that. No, unless they're going for like a super slow burn. I, this is entirely unrelated to what yeah. the turn is, but I feel like there's better ways to like protect Eddie. But he's also like brand fucking new, isn't he? Yeah, he debuted apparently in World War Three in November. So why are we protecting him? Well, if you want to like build a star, you want to... You don't know that you want to build him yet. He's brand new. He's brand new to WCW, not brand new to wrestling. Mm, I guess that's fair. That doesn't seem to matter for current day WCW, though. But, or like our line WCW. But this had no business going 18 minutes. Oh my god, no. And that's something we can say for a lot of the matches on this card. Yeah. They have no business going as long as they're going. Especially if you're, if you're planning rough. to do a, a flat, weird finish yeah. like this. Like, don't go 18 minutes. Right. Which is something that we can kind of say for our next match. But before then, we go backstage... Mean Gene is here with Colonel Robert Parker. But before we go to Colonel Robert Parker, he tells us as viewers that we can chat with superstars online. Yes. And he cuts, they cut to a shot of the giant in front of a computer looking so confused. Yes. So out of place. Just like, what am I looking at? This is not the era of the web. Which is wild that they're pushing it. It's 96. This is so strange to me that they're pushing this. WBF does it around this time, too. There's the famous thing of, like, Sean Michaels not being able to figure out what key to press. Oh, or... yeah. Well, I feel like he's putting that on. I don't feel like the Giant's putting this on. <laughs> no. But the way they also show the Giant, he looks very naked. He does look very naked. <laughs> it's like, do you sexy hot singles in your area. <laughs> sexy hot Giants in your area. Man. I just I always think it's funny when, like... Doctors hate him. You, you never guess why. <laughs> this man has the secret of youth. Doctors hate him. 
This man was a heel, then a face, then a heel again. You'll never guess what happens next. <laughs> they were also saying that this was sponsored. The ability to do this chat was sponsored by CompuServe. Yes. Which is just such a 90s term. Yeah. CompuServe. Oh, man. Anyway, Colonel Robert Parker. He's here with Dirty Dick Slater. Yo, yo, yo. He's facing Medusa tonight, and he's doing it for all the men, including Elvis. Well, he's not going to just face Medusa. He's going to wrestle Medusa. He says wrestle. Dick Slater clearly reading his promo. You can see his eyes going left to right. He's looking down. He is reading a cue card. This poor man. Parker says that he's the rooster, and he's going to prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this actually wasn't a bad promo. I mean, we, we kind of sped through it, but... He can talk a bit. Um, I mean, he is assigned as a mouthpiece to multiple people, so he can cut a decent promo. Oh, yeah. And he'll always be entertaining to watch because of the hyan Yeah. And, and he will go on to accidentally call Jeff Jarrett the world's greatest lover. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Old Tennessee Lee here. Colonel Robert. What's going on at home, sir? Oh, my stars. My heavens. We'll get to his story with Medusa a little later when we get to his match. Ugh. But speaking of two lovers, our next match is Lord <laughs> Steven Regal with Jeeves. Oh, Jives. Jives. Which I swear he's saying chives. He might be saying chives. Versus the Belfast Bruiser, Fit Finley. So on paper, Regal versus Finley. Sounds like a great match. <laughs> Finley's like 39 years old here. Baby. Or, oh God, I don't know if he's 39. He's in his 30s. I think Ed, Ed Leslie's 39 later. We, we said that Steven Regal's a little bit older too. Like he's in his 30s. Regal's 28 here, actually. Oh, okay. I thought he was older. So this match starts stiff and... Um, and stays stiff. <laughs> yeah. Lots of hard strikes and holes. They brawl around ringside. Finley works over the arm of Regal. Dropping to Finley back in the ring. Cut to Conan at the Spanish announce table. Also looking very naked. <laughs> so this is where commentary starts talking about the city of Tupelo. And I think it's Bobby asks, how many people are in the city of Tupelo? And... You know, Tony, being a consummate professional, says, oh, about 33,000 people in Tupelo. Bobby says, that's about seven teeths. <laughs> yikes, you're not wrong, but yikes. They trade more hard strikes and, st- and stomps. Finley hits a scoop slam and then a standing senton. And I'm like, these men are just fighting for real. <laughs> Finley tries to grab a chair from ringside, but it's all joined as one row. Yeah, it's, so oh, he can't no, take bud. the one. They're all like hooked together. Ugh. Regal suplexes Finley to the floor and then hit, and then hits a suplex on the floor. Moore holds his commentary, tries to figure out where Ireland is. Okay, that because the only note I have is Dusty is not good at geography. And yeah. I couldn't remember what that like, was. Like, oh, it's uh, 20 miles from Blackpool. Oh, yeah. He's like, it's just right outside of London. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. He also mentions that uh, um, one of these guys is getting smacked in the belly welly. Emily, how's your belly welly? Not great, Bob. It's actually not my belly welly. It's my uterus belly veterus. Sure. You proud of that one? My kidney Whitney. <laughs> Regal sneaks a low blow by like just moving the referee. It's <laughs> like, you'll go over here and bam. More stiff shots from both men. Finley hits two knee drops, then misses an elbow. Belly to belly from Finley, and then a kick to the spleen, for lack of a better belly term. Spleen. Finley runs Regal into ringside and then punches him straight in the fucking nose. Yep. Breaking his nose, um, rec- like, I think like cutting his eyelid. Yeah, you were rattling off all the injuries in this match. Yeah, Regal, Regal's face gets fucked up. Yeah, he breaks his nose, his eyelid gets cut. I think there was a broken rib? 
No. I thought there was there was a third one. Yeah, there is something else like in the oh, face. Fractured cheekbone. Yes, that's what it was. Jeez. Well, according to Regal, years later, we should know because you know time makes you forget some things. Apparently, this match was going to go another ten minutes. <sighs> Jesus Christ. This match ends in a DQ at 17 minutes, so I don't think it was going to go 27, but I can't rule it out. So Regal's nose is just gushing blood. Mm -hmm. Finley sends Regal back into the ring, and things get very awkward. It's like, oh, you're clearly actually hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Regal sends Finley to the floor, and they brawl up the ramp. Regal throws Finley into the cage. And then we get two of Regal's group coming out. They're called the Blue Bloods. The Blue Bloods. The uh, the one I knew was Dave Taylor. I did not know who the other one was. So what is this group's deal? Why are they called the Blue Blood? Why are they with Regal? Are they like, you know, UK cops or something? They're, they're just, think the Always Sunny. Yes. Oh, just, oh. Just very like, like, like prissy boys. Prissy, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was thinking there were more security. No, no. It's just, it's, you know, little, little prissy high class UK boys. Love that. I love D- that. Dave Taylor actually goes to WWE at some point. Like I know that name. Two thousand six. Yeah. yeah, I know the name Dave Taylor. Do you? I've heard it. Why the fuck have you heard of Dave Taylor? I don't know, but I've definitely heard that name. He's around for like six months. I don't know, man. <laughs> what the fuck do you know, Dave Taylor? I don't know. Maybe he's like a talk head on like a on a documentary or something. No. I watch a lot of documentaries. <laughs> My thing is, I'm trying to tell like, I'm like, who are you actually thinking of? I, I, is there somebody else with the last name Taylor? Yes, but I don't Dave know. Taylor is in my brain. So they attack Finley, cause a DQ. Regal slaps Finley, and then Finley chases them out, which clearly they weren't ready for, because no. like, they had to like, hightail it after that, and that ends the segment. Thoughts on this match? It was all right. I wanted it to be better. Yeah, I kind of like this. I, I get people who do, do not like this at all. Like, I, 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 get I don't it. viscerally hate it. It's, it should have been better with who was in the ring. I think this is just not an American style. It's a lot more world of sport kind of stiff. Hold yeah. base. See, style I don't of. mind the stiff. Like, that's fine by me. And I usually like Regal's matches. So, like, even when I'm not really into his match, I'm into his characters. So, like, it wasn't bad. It was just a little boring. And it was a little long. And... Yeah, once again, why is this long. going... Se- I mean, I guess more than 17 minutes originally. But yeah. it doesn't need to go that long. Like, you barely advertise any of these fucking matches. Like, yeah, just add no another reason. one. Right. But I... Yeah, I kind of like this... But I wish it was a little something more. Uh, these guys don't go one-on-one again for 10 years. That doesn't surprise me because they didn't put Finley in a lot of matches. Well, they go... Well, Finley also like retires for a little bit, but they do heel versus heel in 2006 WWE. And the referee is the same referee as this match. Really? Nick oh, Patrick. that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of weirdly full circle. But that they do that match on the night of ele- elevated liver enzymes, so no one's really into that match because it's very impromptu, two heels facing each other. Elevated liver enzymes? Oh, yeah, baby. What does that mean? <laughs> Is that a band or did somebody get diagnosed? It means a lot of the roster tested, tested positive for elevated liver en- enzymes, which... Coincidentally, is something that can happen from steroid use. Oh, got it. Uh, it happened in 2006. Sure. <laughs> sure it did. Of course it did. Yeah, the two main culprits were Bobby Lashley and Great Collie. Bobby Lashley makes me sad, but Great Collie doesn't surprise me. Bobby Lashley apparently put on 100 pounds of muscle, so. Woof. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I'm sure nothing bad will happen about that. Like, nothing will go wrong from just people taking steroids in 2006. At least not until 2007. Shh. We don't need to talk about 2007. 
Backstage, Mean Gene is here with The Giant and Jimmy Hart. So, we know The Giant is tall. We know this. It's known. One could say he's a giant. He must be standing on a step stool. He is looming. There is no other word for it. He is like a foot and a half taller than Gene I mean, Gene Gene and Jimmy are both small guys to begin with, too, so. But, like, he's massive. And I know he's tall, but he's not that tall. So the giant is facing Loch Ness tonight, and I could start with rhymes. I could start out with riddles. Loch Ness, I'm going to cook you like bacon on the griddle. And that's all we get of the limericks. (laughs) Yeah. He has a whole rest of his speech, and he doesn't rhyme a single word with another one. And I was very upset about this. This was a lost opportunity for him to become my best bit, and he just lost it. Jimmy says that no one one puts their hands on him and says that Loch Ness is 750 pounds, which is a number I don't believe and also kind of believe. As someone who watches my 600-pound life, this man is not 750 pounds. Uh, apparently, the winner of the giant Loch Ness match gets a title match tomorrow night on Nitro. Woo. Giants promo, minus the rhyming thing, like, it was okay. It, it could have been amazing. It, it could have been great. It could have been the best bit. You just want Dr. Seuss to be a wrestler, apparently. If you're going to like lean into the rhyme, lean in. Commit, my guy. Then get commentary lounging and talking about the upcoming matches. Yeah, they're very much manspreading in this shot. Like, the way the camera is angled, you're just, like, seeing straight into their crotches. It's, ugh. I don't need to see those bulges. We then go back to Mean Gene. Don't know why. He shills the hotline, and the latest rumor is that someone from WWF might be retiring soon. And going to Hollywood. Yes. That person is Bret Hart. Which is not who I thought it would be. Yeah, he goes on to the show Lonesome Dove. Ah, yes, that classic Lonesome Dove. It's like a it's like a western style show. I I've watched none of it. We might just need to watch some of that on our own just for um, personal enjoyment. And if it's worth talking about, maybe we talk about it on the Patreon. Yeah, most people don't talk about Lonesome Dove all that much. I think it's just very much like a. It's a show. Yeah, I think it's almost like that's ah, fine. It just happens at Brett. Look it up. He ends up coming back in late '96. He does take some time off. Oh, it's based on a book. But Mean Gene brings in Loch Ness, a.k.a. the former Giant Haystacks. The Giant Haystacks? Yes. So there are two wrestlers that every apparently everyone over 50 in the UK knows. It's Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. Oh, okay. I don't know why. <laughs> it's kind of the, like, Chief J Strongbow of the UK where I'm like, why do you randomly know this name? I don't get it. But Strongbow, he should be your favorite wrestler. Nick loves a frosty strongbow. I do. Nick, I want to inform you that Lonesome Dove is now streaming on Peacock. We can watch it tonight. Oh, shit, buddy. Yeah. Maybe we will. We don't know if I have Gene does call him out for it uh, in a little bit, but fucking state of your teeth, mate. Holy fuck. I didn't even notice it. Oh, it's horrendous. Oh, shit. I usually notice shit like that. I did not notice. To borrow OSW making a Simpsons joke. Straight out of the big book of British smiles. Oh, that's so mean. So Loch Ness is mad he's not in the Doomsday Cage match. And I'm like... Why are you, why are you mad? Which apparently Jimmy Hart took him out and put in Lex Luger. But I'm like, guys, it's already eight on two. It can be nine on two. It's fucking fine. We all know Hogan's going to win. It also, doesn't matter. You couldn't have pulled a fucking Z gangster or the redacted solution. <laughs> The Chris yeah. Benoit solution? Oh, no. Yeah, Redacted could be multiple people now. The Vince the McMahon Lesner solution? solution? 
Uh, shortly after this episode comes out, WWE 2K24 will be coming out, which is very very interesting to see how the 40 years of WrestleMania mode gets impacted by all this. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of redacteds that are going to have to get redacted. So there is a joke that I, you're not aware of, but I will clue you in now. Uh, the joke is that Stevie Richards will be doing all of these. Stevie Richards? Yes. In the N64 game No Mercy... They took out Big Show and inserted Stevie Richards into that spot instead. Because it was after Big Show left? or it, He went to OVW. It was a whole thing. Why Basically, he was like, bad? don't put him in the game. So Why is him going to OVW bad? Isn't OVW owned by WWE? It, yeah, it was. I don't know why no. they pulled Big Show out of the That's game, stupid. but yeah. Because Stevie yeah. Richards getting his time in the sun. But yeah, so Stevie Richards has now ended the streak. <laughs> Excellent. Good job. And he shook hands with Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17. Amazing. What a hero. But yeah, it's so a Loch Ness. Um, yeah, why couldn't this just be nine on two? It's fine. Like I said, we know Hogan's going to win. It doesn't matter yeah. who you put in that. Well, maybe it's a weight problem. Well, he, he no. would have been, been one of the bottom ones, I assume. I would hope so, but we don't know for sure. Loch Ness tries to act tough and then Mean Gene punks him out by being like, yeah, here, I'll, I'll give the number of my dentist. Is that why he said that? I didn't notice his teeth, so that line came out of nowhere. It's bad, babe. I gotta look at it. Let's move on to match number three. It's Colonel Robert Parker yeah, yeah, yeah. versus Medusa. This is a lover's quarrel? Yes. What the fuck? So, Colonel Robert Parker had been having a storyline where um, he was managing oh, the fucking God, the discount Godwins, and... Um, uh, they're facing Harlem Heat, who are managed by Sherry Martell. And they did a whole love story with them. And it took Medusa like three or four months to, I guess, watch WCW and be like, <laughs> what the fuck? Because apparently Robert Parker and Medusa were an item. This is all in kayfabe. None of sure. this is real. <laughs> sure. I figured. So she showed up and is like, calls him a two-time bastard, yada, yada. You bastard. Now, now, they, have a, now they, they have a match. Cool. As you were saying that, I was forgetting the storyline. So you know, cool. Parker, this, this is just an excuse for Colonel Robert Parker to hit a woman. Tell me I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. I don't know, man. No, this is a fuck. We're paying Medusa all this money. She dropped the title in the trash, and now we've done nothing. Because apparently there was a women's title. Don't who, know where, where the fuck it went. Who was in the women's division? I don't know, but apparently Medusa never won. Jesus Christ. Parker shakes the ref's hand when he comes out. Medusa actually gets pyro. As she should. Medusa looks great. Like it's this vastly is, different from 2000. She looks like an entirely different person from 2000, but she looks fantastic. And it makes me sad that she felt like she had to go through uh, all of that plastic surgery because she has gotten her entire face redone, her boobs redone. She at least got a nose job and a facelift. I'm not shaming her. It's just, it's a shame that she felt like she had to do that. She looks great in 96. She looks great in 2000. Her, her her tits cannot be compared. Like, they are amazing. They didn't look better but, in 2000. The, no, I'm saying the 2000... The boobs in 2000 are amazing. I am not gonna... Like, her doctor did a great job. But she looks so good. But, yeah. I don't know. I I well, like seeing Medusa. I like seeing her wrestle. So, I was kind of excited. We'll never forget that we, uh, I guess, met her doctor via Oklahoma. Dr. Jeter, remember? I forget about Oklahoma. <laughs> You didn't ask me any questions about Oklahoma. I did not. Maybe, Actually, uh, I tan- tangentially did. Did you? Yeah, one of the matches in the quiz, 
led to Vampiro versus Oklahoma. Vampiro. In the match, Parker overpowers Medusa and then flexes the guns. Ugh. Medusa takes him down with quickness. Parker complains about his back, but hits a fireman's carry until Medusa rolls through for a near fall and, and then a scoop slam, which Parker has to like literally like approaching her for it and she misses the cue. So he like walks in a circle and comes back for a second <laughs> attempt. Uh. After the scoop slam, Parker dabs his brow with a hanky. Oh, yeah, so that is his whole character. He is, is <laughs> he is just dabbing his brow. He has got the vapors, the whole nine. Also, this man must have been a, like, I don't know, a career blader in his youth. Yes, he was a wrestler. He His his forehead could rival Sandman, could rival New Jack, anybody like that. It, he's right up to par with them. Parker hits a two-handed choke slam and misses an elbow drop. Medusa hits two Brett's rope drop kicks and then a diving crossbody to the floor where Parker very like safely catches her, like eases her to the ground. Yeah, well, at least he has a little bit of reverence. Well, I mean, like I said, he's a former wrestler, so like he, he knows how to it. take care of people. He gets it. Medusa hits a bridging German for a near pin, but Dick Slater trips her up and then Parker just kind of like turns over to be on top of her. And despite the fact that she kicks out. It, he wins. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, that, that's it. Like, I kind of like this match, and then the ending killed it for me. I really like this match. I had a lot of fun with this match. The ending did kind of suck. Yeah. It did. But as a whole, I liked this match a lot. Like, you could have saved it by, like, have Dick Slater hold her leg and he hits, like, an elbow drop or something. Yeah. Not just, like, the random, like, I guess leverage your weight pin. I don't even know, but. The thing I love about Medusa is that she does wrestle the men. And she holds her own wrestling the men. Yeah. I love that about her. I the, wish we got more of that in current day. The one problem is when you look at who she's keeping up with, she's always keeping up with a joke. I, that does suck. And that's not on her. The, the, that's on the, the, the closest booking. you gotten is Evan Courageous, which she beat Ended up by. Ended with, yeah. Well, she beat by feminine distraction because Spice low blowed him. And, yeah. But she, you can see it in her Slash, moveset. It's a cruiserweight. So it's not a real wrestler. It's a vanilla midget. God. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I'm being Kevin Nash. I never heard that phrase. We've used that phrase on have the podcast. We? Yeah. Oh. Always, always. Do I have Kevin this reaction Nash. every time? <laughs> always quoting Kevin Nash. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because he called Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit vanilla midgets. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. No. Oh, I don't like that at all. Anyway, you can see it in Medusa's moveset that she can keep up with these guys. And she is a good wrestler. If you put her in the ring with somebody that you think is legit, she will also still hold her own. Yeah, I, I think I've said it before. I need to show you some of her versus Bull Nakano. Yeah, maybe. I just wish we got more. I, it's such a controversial topic. I wish there was more intergender wrestling. We have the women that have the move set for it in 2024. Like, I can totally see Bailey or Becky going against, I don't know, like the Brawling Brutes or something like that. I can totally see that. Yeah, I think the closest you've kind of gotten in recent years is Rhea will slam somebody, Nia Jax got RKO'd, and then for the ultimate heel heat, Baron Corbin hit his finisher on Becky Lynch. <laughs> but it's always played for a, a joke or a storyline. Like, it, uh, I would have loved to have seen Rhea in the Men's Rumble. I think that would have been amazing. Yeah, Rhea uh, could have absolutely done it. It's not even for a joke anymore, admittedly. it's it's They've gotten rid of that. It's Maybe not just, a joke, but for like a, oh, it hit a woman. It's just, yeah, it's taboo. Taboo. Yes, that's the right word. I just, I don't want that taboo to be there. 
We have these crazy, talented, athletic female wrestlers. Let them show it. Yes, they have each other, but imagine what they can do. Like, I know they're married. I know it's weird. But imagine Becky versus Seth. You know what? That'd be so cool. We should. We might want to peek back on. I assume it's on Peacock. There was the Mixed Match Challenge. I don't know what that is. It was a thing for like... It's a weird work thing for charity. Oh. Where the winning team got a bunch of money donated to their charity, but it's like... But it's a work. So it's already been decided which charity gets the money. <laughs> yeah, but it was um, a series of um, I heard if it was like, if it was straight tournament based or if it was like round robin or what or whatever. But it was a bunch of mixed tag team matches. They did a whole. Um, they did a couple different like kind of weird team stories. Mm-hmm. The the one thing most people remember is they did a, a weird like are they in love Beauty and the Beast kind of thing <sighs> with. Uh, Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. But this is also in the era of Asuka's winning streak. So it was her and The Miz and Miz be wrestling getting his ass kicked. And Asuka's like, stop! You're going to ruin it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he yells, my streak! My streak! Anyway, we got off topic there. Yeah, as we're prone to do in some of these episodes. Anyway. I love Medusa. I'm sad this match ended so flatly. But it was still, it was silly fun that was not offensive. It landed the inverse of her in 2000. Yeah. Backstage, Lee Marshall, a.k.a. Tony the Tiger. Is I only he- refer to him as Tony after this. <laughs> Which is probably confusing because we have Tony. Well, Tony the Tiger. He's here with the Road Warriors, a.k.a. the Legion of Doom. Which is so annoying that they are the Legion of Doom. How can two people be a Legion? <laughs> the Road Warriors cut a typical Road Warrior promo. Tell him, Hawk. Well, the medulla oblongata. <laughs> you know. <laughs> We're going to remove your brain stem. What? Jesus Christ. Hawk giving us an anatomy lesson. Um. So they're going to remove Booker T's brain stem, not Sting's apparently. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I fucking love the Legion of Doom promos. They're always nonsense, but it I love them. It was very much nonsense. Um, yeah, they're going to win their own match type. Uh, by the way, we have seen a Chicago street fight on in our recordings before. I believe it, because I, I was probably just as disappointed with the last one we saw as I am um, with this one. We were a little disappointed. We liked it. It was WrestleMania 13, which takes place after this, but... I don't remember it. It was them versus the Nation of Domination. We are the Nation. So it was the Legion of Doom, because it was the Legion versus the Nation. Right. Right, and as we all know that the Legion resides within the Nation of Domination. But the Legion won. Yes, it's like a, it's like a Civil War thing. It's very touchy. Yeah. It was an uprising. It was a coup. Commentary hypes up the next match. They then hype up Slambury and throw to just a little package and then actually go to the next match. It's an I Quit Wrestling match. Kind of. That's what they call it. It is Diamond Dallas Page versus The Booty Man. The Booty Man. So yeah, Ed Leslie is now the booty man. We love it. How did this happen, Emily? Uh, I don't know. He cut some holes in his pants and wore some pink. I well, love it. Well, apparently when he the entire time he was a Zo- he was the zodiac, he was Hulk Hogan's mole inside the Dungeon of Doom. How far back does this go? Because they main evented Starcade against each other. Oh. When did he decide to go crawling back to Hogan? Or was it literally from mid-94? You think it's before that Starcade? I, I don't know what else it would be. I mean, I guess 
He was the so, but, wait, he so, was he was the butcher then, and not the Zodiac. So but, you're thinking that Hogan sent Ed Leslie as a mole into the dungeon. Well, and it also, then Ed it Leslie also wasn't came the back. dungeon. It was just the three faces of fear at the time. But they had, they were working on building the dungeon. They really transitioned into it. The, the the stones had been laid in the foundation. Yes. We're working on it. Yeah. Coming 2024, you know. The Legion's coming. That storyline doesn't make sense. It would have had to have been between... Whenever the, when does Starcade happen? Like summer, right? December. December? Yeah. Oh, shit. So this had to have been within the last three months. Well, December 94. We're 96. Oh, you're saying they started they main events in Starcade 94? Yes. Not 95. No, 95 was a weird World Cup of wrestling, like... It, we were talking about the buy rates earlier. That went to 75,000 buys. No oh, one cared. Wow. Yeah. Starcade doesn't seem to be their big show. Well, the problem was they decided to change Starcade, like pause all stories and think, well, it's just like, it, they basically did Forbidden Door and everyone went, well, what? I don't care. What? <laughs> they think it's a bigger deal than it actually is. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe it is a year and a half long feud. I don't know. It's possible. You mean undercover. Undercover, sorry, undercover cop situation. Yeah, but it's still pointless. Also, Hulk Hogan is handily beating all of them all the time. Why do you even need somebody inside? We, I showed you the end of Super Brawl where Hogan fights off, was it 12 men with a chair? <laughs> he boops them. Yeah. It's not even a bonk, it's a boop. But yeah, so um, the booty man. Now, the booty man. Emily, do you know why... The, the booty man is facing Diamond Dallas Page. Not at all. Uh, because Johnny B. Bad quit. <laughs> oh, really? That's it? Yep. Wow. Um, this storyline is very much thrown together because DDP is doing a storyline of where he's losing everything. He just... DDP storylines in WCW are just, Kimberly is leaving me. Yeah. That's it. Well, he's losing everything to the point where it's almost implied that he doesn't get paid to wrestle. I don't think I ever got that. No, I, in the build to this, it's like they keep repoing more of his stuff. And he's like, I, I have no money. I have no income. It's like, you're right. What? Didn't they do that with Baron Corbin recently? Where he like became Lucky Corbin and won the lottery, but then he lost it all or vice versa. Vice versa. He lost all his money and then won the lottery. Yeah. Like, yeah. They had the same kind of idea then of like, why are you so down on your luck? You have a job. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Johnny B. Bad wanted more money. Sure, as and we was, all do. And was also uh, mildly under, mildly uncomfortable as a Christian taking another man's wife. Okay, I respect that. Um, he will get divorced in the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brock Lesnar oh, will take his wife. Oh, no. <laughs> Separately, oh. but... <laughs> oh, that's poor man. Man, you know, I haven't thought about this till now. Man, that, uh, that sable sexual harassment suit probably has a little more legs to it nowadays, doesn't it? Yeah, sure does. I actually thought about that as soon as all that stuff came out. I, I It's been on my mind. So, yeah, Johnny Bad wanted more money. Uh, we are, we just saw him on Thunder. We did. Yeah. No, I don't want to be stealing another man's wife. Uh, Ed Leslie. Yeah, fine. I'll take her. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, Mark Merrill goes to WWF and loses his push to his wife and then doesn't go on to do much, uh, much else. Yeah. He, I know he has a good, like, I know he ends up, like, doing, like, good, like, social work um, since then, but nothing that's in the world good. of wrestling, yeah. I mean, that's good. For all accounts, he's a good guy. I hope so. Good guy that just bad things keep happening to. Yeah. So, in the match, DDP jaws with the crowd at the start, and they take turns playing to the crowd. Um, we will say, this match goes 16 minutes. What's the, uh, how much action do you think there actually is? 45 seconds? Oh, 
I think that's even generous. Yeah. They finally lock up. Don't do much. Commentary is just talking about Kimberly. Booty Man ducks a punch in the corner and then hits a punch of his own and then kind of starts working over the arm of DDP. Booty Man struts and cuts, sends DDP to the floor and, and does a little booty dance. Little booty dance. <laughs> DDP gets in the ref's face, so the ref pushes him off the apron. And then the DD, then DDP goes to leave, which I guess we should note at this point what the um, stipulation of this match is. If DDP wins, he gets, I guess, Kimberly back and all the money, which I guess I thought the money was so gone. So this is where I was kind of lost, because the whole reason that DDP is down on his luck is because his wife won the lottery. No, she won a bingo game. The bingo game. Sorry, but it came with a lot of money. It came with like, multiple millions of dollars. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are we missing out on bingo? Can no. Can like, um, go to bingo nights? No, the, the, the world record for bingo winnings is like substantially smaller than this. I think we need to go to bingo nights. But well, DDP Kim- apparently... I mean, if Kimberly's there, yeah. DDP bought Kimberly the ticket or the, the card. No, it's just we're, they're married or no, they're together. So. Commentary kept saying like, well, he's warranted to some of this because he bought her the card. No. And, but she's not giving him any of the money, which again, doesn't make any sense because they are married. Well, she was giving him some and then they like split up. And so it's like, well, now you don't get the money. Oh, I didn't catch that they split up. I guess yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Yeah, so TDP wants the money and Kimberly and yada yada. And if he loses, he must retire, basically. He has to quit his job. So the man who's already down on his luck with money problems needs to quit his job. Yeah, and so his solution is, well, I'm just going to get counted out. Like, oh, what? Booty Man brings him back. DDP begs off, pulls the booty man into the turnbuckle. But the booty man regains control and slams DDP's head into the corner. As little action happened in this match, I was like, wow, Ed Leslie, you really are Hulk Hogan's friends because you don't sell anything. Oh, I wasn't catching the no-selling in this. I was so focused on his gear. The very ass-centric gear. Basically, anytime DDP got any offense, Ed Leslie's back up and like, nope, me now. Oh. Very much a uh, Hogan versus Mike Awesome and Dan Kidman. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't totally catch that, but I, I guess I see Well, it. none of them happened, so I don't yeah. blame you, but it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. the little things that happened, DDP is selling. He's not on offense. Wow. But we do need to mention the ass, assless chaps. <laughs> no, there, there's a little bit of an ass. Not in the white pants. <laughs> no, Ed Leslie's gear is some of my favorite. It is just assless white pants over pink tights that are just, it's so ass-centric. That is the only part that's really torn out. And it's just, it's very eye-catching. It's very distracting. I think these are just, like, recycled Brutus Beefcake tights, but I don't know for sure. They don't feel like I've seen them before. Maybe I haven't seen him as Brutus. I mean, his whole thing was, you know, having the big, like, hedge clippers to, like, cut hair. So it kind of makes sense for the the holes cut in the tights. I guess that's true. And here, he just wants to show show off his booty. Looks great. I'm a fan. Are you... Of his of his gear, yes. For for him for who though for him? I'm a fan of the gear in a vacuum. Thirty nine year old booty man. I'm a fan of the gear. If you wore the gear, I'd love it. DDP begs off in the ring and pulls the booty man into the turnbuckle. The ass man regains control and slams DDP's head into the corner. I'm an ass man. DDP sells being dizzy by falling out of the ring and then stumbling into the crowd. Overdid it a little bit. He like throws he I my note is 
DDP yeets himself into the crowd. Like, I liked it falling like, into the why? ring and then he kept going. I'm like, that's a little too much. Yeah, it was it was excessive. We then get the booty babe showing up, a.k.a. Kimberly. The booty babe. And we keep things slow. We'll speed up a little bit with them doing a crisscross spot, which is just run the ropes. It is glacial. And it just ends in both men stopping. DDP does a strut, so booty man hits punches and stomps. There was a point, I don't know if it was this move, but Tony on commentary, I think, said the quiet part out loud. Like, on the mic, he was like, what was that? Like, he says it in a way of like, what the fuck was that? I think this is where I really lost the will to live. Oh, it took you this this long? On this match. In this match. Oh, wow. It took you this long. I mean, I was already not into it, but I was just like, fucking Christ. (laughs) How could you? Because according to Dusty Rhodes, this place is exploding. People are so hype. (laughs) Said Dusty. Lying. Yeah, Booty Man misses a crossbody. Crowd does not react. (laughs) Nope. Back suplex from DDP, and that was way too much action. Let's slow it back down. Yeah, whoa, calm down now. (laughs) Booty Man powers up, but it's been put back down. DP locks in a long headlock, mm-hmm. uses the ropes for leverage, and then the ref. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the ref, like. Patrick, like, he mimes what it was. He, like, sticks his leg up. Like, yeah, like, very, no, like, sexually <laughs> pay, me, like, pay me, like, one of your Jersey girls. It was so funny. The booty Man finally powers up again. DDP drops him on the ropes. DP scolds Kimberly and she gets in the apron. He he does he does a big kiss on her. She slaps him. The booty man hits a high knee. <laughs> get it? <laughs> and pins DDP. So DDP has to quit. Yep. Booty man kisses the booty babe and DDP is irate. Massive kiss. Like did not hold back. Like oh, yeah. made up for whatever hesitancy Johnny B. Bad had. Ew. No. Not a fan. So I don't I, like kisses like that. They're icky. It's not passionate. It's just like, now there's slobber on my face. Yeah, they kind of skip over that DDP is gone. They really don't make a big deal about the fact that he now has to quit. Well, don't worry. He wins the tournament on the next pay-per-view. Are you telling me that the I quit match doesn't actually mean anything? Emily, can I make it even dumber? So next month, he returns. They do a lethal lottery tournament, which is the, um, it's a mix of like, all right, uh, random tag teams all face each other, and then there's a battle royal. I don't know how it works. DDP wins the battle royal, is named Lord of the Ring. <laughs> and then the next night on Nitro, they're like, oh, you had to quit, so it doesn't count. And they oh. don't name anybody else. Okay. So he returns, and it's pointless. Sure. Great. WCW, everybody. WCW. Uh, thoughts on this match? No. This was quite bad. Remarkably bad. Yeah, 16 minutes. They didn't do anything for 95% of the match. I did love Nick Patrick, though. <laughs> well, he the had one little his spot. moment. He had that moment and he took it. Yeah, Emily finished the show and said, I don't have a best bit or an MVP. I do not. I still don't. At the time, I didn't even have a worst bit because I was just like, they were all equally boring. But yeah, Ed Leslie going for more than 15 minutes on a pay-per-view. What the fuck are you thinking? No one should go more than 15 minutes. No. You're telling me if if, if uh. Ray and Kidman went more than 15 minutes, you'd be like, well, this is too long. This is too good. I hate it this. It depends. I think that there is such thing as too much of a good thing. If Even if, they, like, they can't keep up that energy for 20 minutes. And Lord knows if they were given a 20-minute match, they would slow it down. 
Emily, I do want to note that on a WrestleMania 29 episode, you did give a 22-minute match best bid. Which match was it? Undertaker, CM Punk. I don't remember what I said about that. Now, granted, you did give a 23-minute match worst bid. Yeah, well. <laughs> but that was because it was bad. Well. But yeah, you, you... Oh, yeah. I gave Undertaker, CM Punk the best bit because that was all there was. <laughs> yeah. There were no other options. <laughs> That's why. There, were, oh, there was a tag match that was shorter that wasn't bad. It wasn't good. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to apologize for that. That's not even hypocrisy. No, in but my you book. were saying over no. T- no one should go over 22 minutes. I agree. Minutes. No one should go over 22 minutes. But if it's the only shining light on a pay-per-view. How, but how could fine. it be shining if it was over 20 minutes? Could have been shorter. Could have been. Should have been probably. But if that's all I fucking had. That's all I had. Backstage, Mean Gene is here with Jimmy Hart and Lex Luger. Jimmy Hart is distraught because apparently tonight is his last night managing Lex per Sting's proclamation. He gives he gives Luger a specialty custom made jacket. He's like, you see, I love you, man. And runs off. Mean Gene. <laughs> oh, blow it out your ass. Gene was not having this. I thought it was kind of sweet. He gave him a gift and everything. It felt like a nice gesture. But Gene was like, fuck off. <laughs> Very in keeping with Legends House. Yes. Gene is having none of Jimmy Hart. Luke actually cuts a half decent promo here, but he's stumbling over his words a little bit. He's he's great with the idea he wants. He's not a great talker. Yeah, and I didn't see his eyes looking to reach. No, I was no. ready for him to be like clearly. Also, did you notice he was doing a little like air guitar on his abs when the promo started? <laughs> yeah, he was just looking at himself and like ogling himself in some kind of reflection. Yeah, um, and Gene's like. Yeah, I heard you. Uh, you know, took yourself out of the tag team match facing 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 the Road Warriors. Like, no, 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 no. I totally, totally rather be in that match than you know the cushy eight on two uh, main event. It's like you fucking liar, liar. So we didn't get to see any of it here, obviously. But I, I really do, and I think I mentioned it before. I do like the Luger gimmick right now. Of he's a heel, but he's friends and tag champions with Babyface Sting. So when Sting is looking, he's all nice and doing the right thing. And oh, as soon yeah. as Sting turns his back, like, it's like, <laughs> fuck you. I like that. It's like, literally, Sting will turn around and like, he, like, like, oh, slap the hand. Sting Sting doesn't face him. It's like, ugh. Okay. I like, <laughs> like that. Like, wipe the hand off. So he'll be in our main event tonight. But before then, we have a match of Giant versus Giant. I don't, only I, one of these men is named Giant. Yes. We didn't talk about the actual, like, match graphics for these matches. Of the, like, cut-out ransom note. Oh, yeah, I kind of liked it. It had a theme. Yeah, so the theme of the show is meant to be, at least in the first year, that, like, everything, or, like, nothing is sanctioned. It's all no DQ. It's all no no holds barred. I, I, I don't think they even did any title matches the year before. Oh. But, it's just, like, all grudge matches and just, like, fuck you matches. Yeah, it's just like, all right, you guys want to like settle that. it here. But the problem is they don't hold to that. Because no. there's a title match and is the first match of tonight. I like the idea of that. And then match two ends with a DQ. Yeah, themes can only go so far in this day and age of wrestling. But this giant versus giant match is Loch Ness versus the giant. I wrote, <laughs> state of your haystacks. Yikes. <laughs> he's looking rough. Yeah, he's not looking good. I'll give you that. Yeah, so giant haystacks, um, he will pass away in November of 98. He's not oh, in good health So here. he's not doing well. Okay. No. Ugh. Uh, this is his only match of note in WWE. Really? Yeah, I mean, That's he, a shame. <laughs> he technically had a match on, on Nitro, which the entire match is he brawls during his entrance with the Giant and Lex Luger wins by countout. Yeah. And then I think there's other like squash matches. Nothing goes over a minute and a half. 
I mean, that for big guys, they don't need to go that long. I mean, a minute and a half is a little short. Not being from the UK, I have no love for giant haystacks, so I can't even pretend. Was he bigger in the UK? Uh, yeah, I said he was like one of the two synonymous names. Oh shit! I said before, Big Daddy and and giant yeah, haystacks yeah. are the two ones that every old person knows. <laughs> it's kind of like now. It, like they were the Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage in their area of their time. Okay, damn. Would you believe it? In a, in a double giant match, they go to the corner and hit strikes. Yeah, this is a this is just a big man match. <laughs> this, that's what it is. <laughs> this match or Ryback versus Mark Henry? I don't know. I this can't one, remember the Ryback Mark Henry well enough. This one's shorter. I'll take the shorter one. Yeah. They trade head smashes in the corner, and the giant stomps Loch Ness. Loch Ness moves out of the way, and Giant jumps into the corner, over the ropes, into the floor. Like, Crash is really hard. Like, gave himself a little something. It's all that's going on in this match. Yeah. Loch Ness hits an elbow drop, and then signals for a second, but the Giant moves. Giant hits a big kick on Loch Ness, then hits, like, like an almost slipping leg drop. It didn't look good. No. I mean, no, it didn't. But that, uh, he pins Loch Ness. At least it was short. I cannot say the same for other matches. So when Giant tumbled out of the, of the ring, do you think he actually hurt himself? It felt like it came to the ending of this match really quickly. I think it was sore. I don't think it was... Because uh, okay. he wrestles, you know, up in the upcoming Nitros. I was thinking it was like a dislocated elbow no. or, or shoulder or something. No, just, like, I think it's in. Loch Ness. Loch Ness can't go more than fucking three minutes. That's fine. Yeah. It just it ended so quickly. So the Giant will actually... The Giant's meant to be a heel here. He will turn face on Nitro. Oh, like tomorrow? Yes. Huh. And then a week later, turn heel. Sure. <laughs> This match didn't go long enough to give a shit about it in either direction, so... The giant looks so slim here, though. He does. He is tall and skinny. Well, as skinny as the giant can be, you And know? he's still Andre's son here. <laughs> yes. I mean, he's still wearing the one-arm singlet, so of course he's still the Andre's son. He wears that until... 2009? No, he doesn't. Yeah. Not with the, like, crotch. He definitely goes to a shorts oh, version. Yeah. No, he, I guess he wears that the the one arm thing on and off until two thousand nine. But I know at one point he's wearing like the pants and the two strap tank. But yeah, I remember him being more of a two strap guy. It it varies. So I can't really say that that's Andre like continuing on. That's just like changing and. I think at some point maybe it is going to be like a tribute or like that's kind of the you know as was the style of the time. Sure. Loch Ness was supposed to face Hogan on this pay per view, and then they Hogan? went. And they went, no, we can't do that. Absolutely not. That would have been horrifying. Yeah. Just throw more giants in front of uh, in front God. of Hogan. We'll get to Hogan at the end of this because oh God. It's kind of, his trajectory is kind of wild from here, here forward. It's probably terrible. It's probably stupid. Backstage, Lee Marshall is here with Sting and Booker T. And um, have you ever had a black friend? Because... Oh, my God. Sting, Sting is has. so happy that he has a black friend. He feels so cool. Straight OG brother. That's what you're saying? Oh, no. <laughs> Sting loves that Booker is forced to talk to him. <laughs> so Booker cuts the little promo, says it's going to be more like a Harlem street fight. Sting gets very cringe. <laughs> and they just kind of shout nonsense over each other. Yeah. We do get both of them saying it's on like neck bone. I still don't get the phrase, but they both say it. Sting makes it kind of work. Sting does not make it work. I don't like this version of Sting. <laughs> I very much do not like the non-black and white sting. Uh, he'll debut that before the end of the year. Good. I don't like this like weird surfer sting. He's got too much energy. He's like 
too excitable. I don't know. Yeah, he's like the, a he's like a puppy. I don't get it. This is the like man it. called Sting. His theme slaps, but I don't like this character. Well, let's go to their match. It's the Chicago Street Fight. It's the Road Warriors versus Sting and Booker T for the tag team titles. I guess we should note why Booker T's in this match. He's subbing in for Lex Luger, and so if Sting and Booker T win, Harlem Heat gets the next tag title shot, which I like as a concept. Sure. It makes sense for why he's doing it. Sure. This match is not one of my favorites. No. Uh, this much. match goes for 29 minutes. I don't even dislike it because of the length. I dislike it for... Well, the, the length doesn't help, but... No, the length does not help. But the length also makes me dislike it for my reason even more. We, we did debate flipping over and just reviewing an episode of Cheers instead for the length of this match. Oh, yeah. We're like, <laughs> 29 minutes. There's so many other things I could do in 29 minutes. But Sting and Booker are going to attack mid-entrance. Everyone brawls. Get used to that phrase. Ugh. Booker hits a scissor kick early and then a power slam to Booker. Animal pulls Sting groin first into the ring post. Sting tries for the same, but Hawk stops it. Hawk gets hit with a pile driver on the floor, but he manages to beat Booker T to his feet. Yeah, you were really I enraged that. by that. I don't like this. Part. Like, you can do it, I don't know, for a big spot. Like, Sting has done that before. Mm-hmm. But just doing it for nothing spots? What the fuck? Yeah, you were just like very upset that they just weren't selling anything. Yeah, You know what? I am going to bring this back to Pokemon. Okay. Um, It's like when you're facing a Cloud Sire and you're like, oh, cool. I'm going to hit Surf right here. It's like, nope, he has, he has the water absorb ability. He actually got healed from that. Yeah, but if you are playing as the Cloud Sire, you love that. But I'm the Quackwavel using Aqua Step. <laughs> I'm trying to increase my speed, brother. More brawling around ringside. Animal counters the top rope axe handle and then some more brawling. Sting heads towards the back and they're like, he's abandoning Booker T. Grabs a weapon, comes back. Oh. No, he's he, it's a street fight. You get out of the fucking ring. But also, why are there only weapons by the stage and not under the ring at all? Because it's trying to encourage you to get out of the goddamn ring. Go explore the space. It's a Chicago street fight. You're supposed to not be in the ring the whole fucking time. So Animal follows Sting towards the back. Sting grabs a chair, hits Animal, and then Hawk. Animal breaks up a pin with the chair. Sting power drives Hawk again. And this one's actually even worse because Booker T was at least, like, getting up fairly quick. Hawk is standing while Sting is still, like, on his ass, like, rolling over. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> Booker and Animal choke each other with a cable on the outside. Hawk and Sting go into the crowd and brawl, but come back, like, almost immediately. Hawk hits weak chair shots and there's some miscommunication, which had me kind of like note this match almost it, it's bad, but it kind of works when it's two singles matches happening in the same match. When all four of them get near each other, no one knows what to do. I agree. I don't like the split screen, though. I no. don't know where to look. So I don't know if Nick mentioned this. Whenever the two singles matches are going on and they're like in separate places, the screen goes into a split screen so that shows, you know, Booker and Animal over here and Sting and Hawk over here. But you're just you can't figure out where to focus your eye. You don't know what's going on. And that's like indicative of a match that was not planned or choreographed or whatever have you at all. But but you'll like Sting stomping Hawk in one corner and Animal stomping Booker in the other and like no one tries to help each other or do anything. Like, there's just no, like, I'm, I'm in this moment with this guy. Right. And fuck whatever else. Like, we almost ran into it the last episode of the Mike Awesome looking at Mr. Perfect going, oh, that's fine. And then having to attack him Literally, later. Literally, yeah. But that was a moment, and this is a 30-minute match. match. Jesus, it's 30 minutes. 
Booker and Animals brawl towards the stage as Hawk dodges a, sting- a stinger splash. The Road Warriors try for a doomsday device, but Booker stops it. They all hit a handful of low blows, more mindless brawling. Animal dodges a diving splash, and, and Booker counters a Hawk dive with a drop kick. And I was like, oh, I didn't think Hawk would take that bump. No, you didn't think anybody was going to take any bumps. More brawling, Booker and Animal <laughs> trade suplexes as Sting used the rope on Hawk's groin. Nothing brawling. Hawk just watches his partner in a submission hold and does nothing. Does nothing. Like, literally like, actively in a camel clutch, just looks at it and goes, that's fine. There is no DQ. It is a street fight. You can go and do anything, even if you're not tagged in. It's going to be fine. I hated this match. Animal catches a Sting dive and turns it into a power slam. Animal just holds Sting's arms, trying to pin him for a good, like, for a good long bit. Yeah. I was like, are you trying to, like, kind of go into business for yourself here? Like, oh, if he doesn't kick out. I like, mean. Like, the ref stops counting, and I'm like, are you just trying to give Sting a break? I mean, even if he's trying to go into business for himself, like, at least it'd be a storyline. It'd be something. Booker hits an elbow, but gets up using the spinaroonie, or a breakdance move, as commentary calls yeah, it. Yeah, this is very prototype spinaroonie. I mean, is it Mark Madden doesn't call it a spinaroonie until recently. Until Mark Madden is on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Booker hits a Harlem sidekick, Animal hits a chair shot, and then clotheslines the ring post by accident. Chair shots to Animal, Hawk steals the chair and hits both men. Sting walks off to find a weapon, he finds two brooms, and hits Animal. Animal immediately gets up and grabs the broom and hits both men. Animal then breaks the broom over his knee and chokes Sting with, like, the pointy edge. I'm like, ah. Yeah. You're going to, like, impale Sting. (sighs) Booker breaks up, uses the broomstick to choke Animal. More brawling as Booker heads to the back and Animal follows. Commentary's like, Booker's leaving! Again. You can leave the ring! You're supposed to leave the ring! They also said this for Sting. And Dusty actually notes, like, well, I mean, Sting was going that way and grabbed a weapon, so maybe it's just that. Yes, and it is exactly just that. They go backstage. Lex Luger is there getting all oiled and tanned up. Animal accidentally hits Luger, so Luger suddenly attacks an Animal, and then a sudden Stevie Ray also attacks Animal. Yeah, where the hell did Stevie Ray come from? He's like, look at me, Jimmy! <laughs> attacks Animal. Oh, Luger's making full Luger noises throughout this whole night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in, like, peak Luger noise. So Luger and Stevie beat Animal down. They knock him out and tape him to, like, a support beam. Booker comes back out to the ring as Sting and Hawk are brawling. Sting crashes into the barricade. Booker throws Hawk in the ring. Hits a side slam, but misses a Harlem hangover, which is a cool move. But I imagine it sucks to take. I mean, it, it looks really cool. Stevie Ray runs out, hits Hawk with a chair, and Booker pins him. So Sting and Lex Luger retain the titles. Harlem Heat get their title shot. We see Animal yelling backstage, taped up to the post. Stevie then hits him with a chair to have him stop yelling. <laughs> Relatable. So this starts in a very different way to, like, the DDP Booty Man match. Yeah. I hated this match for an overarching reason with, like, the minor reasons just kind of, like, trickled through. A, a street fight match should imply that there should be less time within the ring. Like, they should be going out of the ring. They should be in the audience. They should be backstage. They should maybe go outside the arena. Explore the space. They never committed to doing that. Like, they jumped into the crowd for a minute, and then they were right back in the ring. They'd go up the ramp for a second, right back to the ring. There was, like, no action backstage. There was hardly any action outside the ring. So I don't really understand what made this a Chicago street fight match rather than a no DQ, no holds barred match. I know it's just a name, but like you never left, you never gave it a reason to be a Chicago street fight match. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna call it that, live up to it. If you're not gonna yeah. live up to that, just call it an ODQ match. 
I yeah, I don't have the, the, the that problem with it. I mean I, that's a huge problem for me. You can do hardcore stuff, you know, in, in the ring, it's fine. They also just didn't commit to doing the dark, like hardcore. There were no weapons. There were yeah, no like the, the chair shots were minimal. Like whatever chair they had, like clearly no one was comfortable with it. No. But this match has no psychology. No. It's just stuff happening, like no one's selling for any period of time, so it doesn't feel like anything is actually happening. Like they do moves, but you don't get any sense of story in this right. match or any sense of like momentum or progression. It's just stuff happening. It's very boring. It's hard to watch and like get in- invested in because nothing's actually happening. Yeah. And like you don't believe anything that I- even does happen like has any importance. Right. Like the most you get is they tie up animals. Like, okay. Well, now we can at least kind of get settled. But then. Even then, they uh, like they build towards a finish, and then they go, "Not nah, never mind." And right, yeah, they just this was so unfocused and so fucking long, man. So long. I I've not seen the Peak Road Warriors. I know I need to. I mean, I know they are a like you know classic famous tag team, but unfortunately, I've only ever seen them in their decline. So I right. I, I want to like them, but I just kind of don't. And. It seems like a lot of their novelty is kind of almost dude bro attitude of like, oh my God, they're so cool and they're so tough. I'm like, yeah, because they don't sell. Right. Anyone can do that. Yeah. Pull a Bob Holly. Cool. I beat everybody. And then what? Right. Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of like, I mean, at least Sting and Booker kind of had some moves. Hawk and Animal just kind of brawl and they set up for the finisher at one point and never try it again. Like, I imagine if this had been a regular tag match, this actually might have been decent. But the fact that it's just, it, it was so open, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. It, it actually, it's the problem I have with a lot, lot of like open world games. Where like it's video like, games? Yeah, like the world is just so open, you can do whatever. I'm like, I, when fuck. There, when there's no guidance, you don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I had that problem a lot. Yeah, it's why, it's why I want to like Breath of the Wild, but I'm like, ah. I was going to say, it's the Zelda problem. We are, I know, in the minority with that. No, yeah, I, we, we, are, we are we are Mario people. We are Mario. We like the linear storylines. I know people love Zelda. I will get there someday. I think the difference is, I recognize that Breath of the Wild is a good game. This is not a good match. Right. I Yes, correct. <laughs> Speaking of not a good match. Oh my god, I, this... Let's go to commentary <sighs> first. They put over the danger of the main event. I mean, the rules are very simple. But we're going to tell you them like they're the most complex things. Well, if Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage advance to the next section, which I guess they don't even say how they have to do that. They just have to advance. Uh, the men that they've beat are eliminated. Yes. They can't come back. That is that is what is said. Uh, and Bobby Heenan's like, it's no DQ. They're not going to follow the rules. I fucking what you- love Bobby Heenan, the show. <laughs> he, I have a feeling, and I don't have any evidence for this. I don't think he likes Dusty. Honestly, Tony and Bobby both looked like they hate their jobs doing this show. Oh, I think Tony, I think it's confirmed that Tony and Bobby don't like each other. At this point? I don't know how long it took, but I know in his book it was, I never should have confused uh, Tony and Mean Gene. (laughs) Gene has talent and a job. Yeah, there were just a couple of times where we were cutting back to commentary that Tony just had that I wish I was dead look on his face. Notice that I really wish I weren't here right now button. (laughs) Say what you will about Dusty. Dusty was having a great time. Emily, it's our main event. And I guess the main reason everyone remembers this show. It is the Doomsday Triple Decker Cage Match, which technically has four sections, but no one remembers that. 
it's the top section, the middle section. No, the middle is supposed to be two different sections. It's supposed to be? Yeah. Oh, they never said that. They advertised it as four sections on, oh. on the going in, like on the nitro. Oh, okay. And there is a door, so you can separate that's the sections. Yeah. And then the ring section. Yes. Which we never really get to. Well, there's also a secret fifth section. What's the meme? It's like, that's a surprise that'll help us later. <laughs> Hogan will remember that. So it is the alliance to eliminate Hulkamania versus the Mega Powers. And Emily, it's Michael Buffer time. Woo! We haven't seen Michael Buffer in so long. Michael Buffer introduces the Megaforce. But cool. you, you literally have one job. These aren't like the fucking Power Rangers. Emily, who is in the uh, Alliance to Eliminate Hulkamania? It is Ric Flair being escorted by Woman and Liz. Yes, Liz turned on Randy Savage at the last pay-per-view. Noted. Arn Anderson. Tyre Arn Arn Anderson. Lex Luger. And wait, hold on. What is Arn wearing? Just sweatsuit, basically. Yeah, he is not long his gear. He's rocking black, full sweats. Of like, he saw the cage and went, I ain't I fucking taking I'm bumps on my hurt. skin. Absolutely not. Lex Luger, the Taskmaster, Meng, the Barbarian, Z Gangsta, and the Redacted Solution. Yes. Commentary keeps asking, where's Brian Pillman? To which I was going to ask you... There's a story. I know there's a story. Yeah, there's there's two stories here. At Super Brawl, the last pay-per-view, they did a I Respect You match between Brian Pillman and Kevin Sullivan. Stupid name for a match, but it go off? Um, It's basically an I Quit match. It's one of those where the way you win is by getting your opponent to be like, no, I, I respect you. Okay. It's basically an I Quit match. Sure, sure, sure. About 90 seconds in, after some really scrappy, like hard-hitting brawling... Brian Pillman grabs the mic and goes, I respect you, Booker Man. Okay. Which is kind of a shoot. So say more words then, because I'm not following. Well, we'll get to that in a second, just because I want to mention that this results in Art Anderson coming out in a long sleeve white shirt and like bright red golf shorts to come suddenly wrestle an impromptu match because they were not prepared for this. They are starting a loose cannon gimmick for Brian Pillman. And they went so far as Brian Pillman was like, cool, release me. Like, I'm in business for myself. You got to release me, Eric Bischoff. We're both in on it, but like, no one's going to buy it. Oh, I we got to We got to work the boys. I you, see. you have to fire me. Okay. And so Pillman actually shows up on one of the nitros in the build of this. Pillman's showing up in ECW and is like threatening to pull his dick out. and <laughs> So he's really living up to the loose cannon. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, Pillman will take this uh, shoot fire, this actual firing as an opportunity to go sign with WWF. Good for him. But Hulk Hogan, seeing how popular Brian Pillman is, be like, oh, he needs to be in the match, brother. I need to beat him, too. Of course. <laughs> Fucking Hulk Hogan. I hate Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Interesting. I love that. I think that's very... That's like... Uno reverse card. Yeah, like, it, that it is, very much that is. That is so something that Bischoff would have written, you know? Yeah. It's very Kevin Nash. It's very NWO. It's like Brian Pillman played him at his own game. Yes. I it, love that. Yeah, it's it's very like, oh, you think this is making it more real? Oh, I guess we should do that then. Yeah. It is great. Swerve, it was real, and now I'm out. And yeah. You have nothing but, contractually holding me here. Chris Benoit was advertised at one point for this, but he couldn't make it for some reason or another. Eh. I know apparently around this time in the backstage notes I was reading, it's like, oh, like two people couldn't make Nitro because Dean Malenko was getting married and they had to go to his wedding. Oh, that's kind of sweet. It was Benoit and somebody else. It might have been Eddie for all I remember. Maybe. 
Was it Jericho? Because aren't they friends? Yeah, um, I, I, yeah maybe. I, I forget who it was. Yeah. But, but yeah, so Brian Pillman, not here tonight. And um, also, not here to start this match is Z-Gangster and the Redacted Solution. Right. They're I don't supposed know. to be in the last cage. Yeah, I don't know what the reason for this was. I don't know either. It didn't make any sense even when they did appear. Spoilers. It might just try to explain some random bullshit from this match. I don't know. <sighs> There's a lot of random bullshit in this match. So we should note the redacted slash ultimate solution. Uh, this man, I think, has, a, has wrestled two official matches, this being one of them. He's an actor. He's like a stunt guy. He goes on to play Bane in Batman and Robin. So that's why you were making all the Bane jokes bleeding up to yeah. this. We are talking about giant haystacks. He is also dead within like a year. Really? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, but he's on a large amount of steroids. Like his is directly related to that and not necessarily like his weight. Like his heart giving out. Yeah. Well, maybe his heart giving out from the steroids. Jeez. I hate that. They do do the Dungeon of Doom in like a Gotham City set at some point. Oh, cool. I don't know what it's for because I'm like, Dungeon of Doom's like very dead by then. Is the Legion in the Gotham City of, oh, God. The, um, of the nation? Is there like a Gotham City of the Nation of Domination? <sighs> oh, shit. Maybe. Well, is Vince Russo the Batman of of the Nation of Domination? Could be. I don't know. So everybody comes out to the cage and fucking state of your cage. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which... All the guys that were on the top, like in the top section, they go up there and they're kind of like feeling it out. And it's Arn, it's Flair, it's Luger. Who else is up in that top area? What, Luger's, Luger's in the second area. Is he? Who's up there? It's just Flair, Arn, and the Mega Powers. Oh, okay. But they're all kind of like walking around like, this is not fucking stable. So I'm trying to figure out when they decided to do this match. Because fucking man, they don't really push this until like a week out. Like it's... Very suddenly, like, oh, yeah, I'm signing this match, the Mega Powers, and now opposed to a four-on-one handicap match, it's going to be eight-on-two and yada, yada. Like, they do a terrible job building to this this match. Yeah, was there any kind of story behind why it was in a cage? Just because. Because Hogan wanted to sound cool. But, yeah, this cage is so hastily put together. Yeah. Like, immediately they're like, oh, there's a lot of sag in every spot on this on this fucking cage because it's just a big box of chain link yeah like what's made out of a fence that kids can like pry through it is not meant to be holding up multiple 200 pound men it's it's scary to say the least additionally this whole match is happening on the stage so no basically no one has a good fucking view of this right yeah the audience has a shit view of this match and it's in a cage so it's hard to say exactly the match starts everyone is carefully brawl. I think everyone's delivering and taking each move with a hand on something. Yes, definitely. Um, Ric Flair is the biggest um, uh, proponent of that. He's just like holding that center beam for stability. Yeah, or, or like they immediately go to like the corners of the cage. Or they're okay. looking for that, those center support beams in the ground. Like, yeah, no one felt comfortable here. More safe strikes and choking. Hogan like refuses to actually go to the ground for a good bit here. Yeah. He eventually, like, takes a slow sit, but, like, even then, he gets hit with something, like, he gets, like, a full axe handle to the back and is like, I will bend over. I am not going to the ground. I am not taking a bump. He's so skinny here, too. Hogan? Yeah. You think? Oh, yeah. He doesn't have the roid belly. He's I off mean, the, that's he, well, for sure. He's off the cycle. Mm, sure. Yeah, Arn Anderson wearing the sweats means he can actually bump on the cage and not get cut. So maybe he was smart. Maybe everybody backstage was like, you look stupid. He's like, you'll see. 
Arn locks in a figure four on Hogan, so Flair locks in one on Savage. Uh, we should note, Ric Flair is the world champion here. Oh, yeah, you did mention that going in, but he's not like defending his title at all, obviously. No, no it's he's entirely pointless. He's not even like carrying the belt at any point. Both men turn it over, so the holds are broken. Flair has a weapon. He like drops down to the next area. I don't know what the point of this was. I don't know. Yeah, it never really came up. Unless that... No, because Hogan throws the pocket sand. But th- but they have that. This is totally different. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because Hogan and Savage suddenly like use the uh, freedom powder. Pocket sand. <laughs> they freedom throw- powder? Yes, no. that's what it's called at some it's point. baby powder. Well, they throw it down onto the next like group to be able to get down to them and then blind Arn and Flair. And there's a like trap door we didn't fucking see and they go down to the next level. So now... Arn and Flair are eliminated. Per the rules, they're eliminated. Per the rules in an ODQ match. Correct. So Jimmy Hart has whatever weapon that Ric Flair dropped, it seems like, because the Taskmaster is in one is in one cage, walks across them, and then leaves the cage to go talk to Jimmy Hart and grab this weapon. I'm like, that's Wait, weird. I didn't think you were allowed to leave the cage. Well, you're... <laughs> but level two is uh, split up into two sections, and Sullivan and Luger beat down Hogan, Meng and the Barbarian work over Savage, each in a different section. They then trade opponents and hit strikes. Hogan tries to lock Men and the Barbarian in, in their own section, and he struggles so hard with the chain, and, and Men and the Barbarian are like kind of like grabbing the door, like, ah, we're totally trying to get out. Yeah, lock like he the door. very much cannot lock it. Hogan eventually manages to actually lock the door, and then he goes to brawl with Kevin Sullivan. They brawl out onto the scaffolding outside the cage, and Hulk Hogan tries to murder Kevin Sullivan. Like, legitimately. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, you're you're like 30 feet up. Here, I'm going to throw you off the scaffolding. Yeah. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Long live the king. It like, was what? very Lion King because it was it was high up. There were no crash pads. I was waiting for it. Of like, are we are we going to sell this? Like, are we doing this? Yeah. And like, it. part of the problem was it was like you try to throw him towards the crowd. So I'm like, okay, you can't even like have like a mat or anything hidden. No. But then again, if there was, Hogan would take it and then immediately Hulk up. Well, yes. Immediately. I mean, that's H- given. Hogan would get thrown off the scaffolding and somehow beat Kevin Sullivan to his feet. Somehow he would catch the, himself, be his own on, hero, brother. On the level. Yeah. Savage and Luger still brawling in the cage. Hogan and Sullivan keep, keep brawling down the scaffolding. They head to the stage, as do Luger and Savage. And then everyone kind of heads towards the main ring. In the ring, Hulk Hogan hits a big boot on Sullivan. I know. We need to back up. Can we talk about how they're all just heading to the main ring? They're just foregoing the whole fucking cage here. They're just like, mm, that was fun. Bye. What? Yeah. <laughs> Once again, matches that didn't have a fucking plan. Why are we not planning things? Why are we just kind of... Go- We've already established on this podcast that going off of vibes is a bad idea. Let's not go off of vibes for these matches. Anyway, as you were saying. So Hogan hits a big boot in the ring. The crowd doesn't react. No. It was like almost... You said it was like an anti-pop. Yeah. They're, they, they've given up. They, I mean, it's been a shit show so far. I don't blame them. And they can't see shit on this. And I mean, this they've would given be, up. This would be one of those moments where you and I would look at each other and be like, you want to beat traffic? Like, yeah. Or if it's Raw 30, you're you're like six twees in. And I'm like, oh, no, she's dead. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Raw 30. Okay? Or if it's the Royal Rumble. I'm like, oh, no, she's too many twees in. I don't want to talk about Royal Rumble. I want to no. talk about my addiction to twee. It's bad. Only in the month of January. Was Raw 30 in January? Yeah. Oh, God. It was. It was cold. We pulled over. Oh, God. Yeah. I have a problem when it comes to Twee. In January. 
<laughs> no, it's all year round. I just can't stop. I love Twee. It, I need. I can't have Twee in the house. Savage and Luger brawl onto the stage, and the other heels have kind of gotten loose, but don't do anything. Everyone heads back towards the cage, and Hogan saves Savage from a move. The four of them are still brawling all around the outside of the cage. Hogan and Luger head towards the ring again as Sullivan grabs some wood from like part of the set of the of, of the cage. It seems like there's just a pile of wood somewhere that we can't see. And I think it's Dusty must go like, oh, he's grabbing some plunder. And Bobby's like, no, he's grabbing some lumber, which I thought was great. And Dusty's like, no, it's plunder. <laughs> like, like, got very self-conscious. Like, no. <laughs> what does he My think joke. the word plunder means? I don't know, man. But, like, he got so defensive over, like, no, that's lumber. No. Fuck you. It's plunder. Now that we're out of the cage, though, I'm so bored. Any little semblance of excitement this match had, lost. Now it was just a stupid overbooked ring match, and I'm bored. Savage uses the 2 by 8s as, like, a weapon. Sullivan low blows Hogan. More mindless brawling. Hogan hits a chair shot to Luger, and then, Hogan, and then Luger hits one to both men. And I'm like, isn't there another part of the cage? There is. There is another level that we've just been like, Isn't there another mind. stage to the cage? There, sh- there sure is. We've all just kind of decided, no, there's not. The Mega Force mount the heels and hit more mount punches. <laughs> then the actors come out. I'm like, oh, this will save it. Oh, no. Fucking Tiny Lister and, and Bane come out. Why did we put those two in the like final portion of the cage? The final solution? That's not what I said. <laughs> well, all right. Z Gangster is the former Zeus who has history with Hulk Hogan in terms of no holds barred. Is bar. that what the Z stands for? Yes. Oh, wow. Because WWF has the, the copyright on Zeus in this in this. So sense. his name is legally Zeus Gangsta? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't know if it's gangster or gangsta. I think it's I think it's gangsta, but commentary keeps saying gangster. Well, they're white. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. Um, yeah, so there's the history there because they try to really play that up without saying what it is. I don't know why they brought Bane in, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who knows who, but... Just gotta make it weird, I guess. I, like, that could have been Loch Ness. That, that thousand percent could have oh, been. yeah. And it probably should have been, especially if we're putting them in the main ring. Why not? So, the actors bring the Megaforce back to do the actual match. <sighs> Bless them. The actors overpower the faces and don't really do anything. It's like, ah... We're here now. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan on the outside has grabbed a pipe and is poking Randy Savage <laughs> through the holes of the cage. Literally just like poke. What? I don't understand the point of that. No one seems to have a plan because Hogan is just Hogan at this point and the other two are, are actors. Hogan hits Z-Gangster and then acts scared of like, oh my God, I know this man. Okay. Z-Gangster chokes him down. The solution press slams Savage and... Does so shakily. It was like, oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was scared for Savage. Solution catches Savage out of midair, which is kind of impressive. And then we get Arn Anderson and Ric Flair coming back. Referee's fine with it. I'm I'm almost thinking this was an audible of like, oh, yeah. get two fucking wrestlers in yeah. there. End this on a pseudo high note. And Arn's actually in his gear here. Did he change into his gear? I missed yeah. that. He, he looked in bad shape, too. It was kind of uh, sad. We get a shot of Jimmy Hart cackling. Oh, he's manic. As Arn and Flair actually understand wrestling. We then get Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage spilling their, their fucking freedom powder everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Somebody on commentary has the line, it's looking bleak. I'm like, I'm not really sure which side you're referring to at that point. They eventually man- us. They eventually manage to throw it in the heels' faces as we get the booty man opening the door and handing the Megaforce frying pants. Yeah, what? 
Which they both break like immediately. Oh, these are the flimsiest frying pans you've ever seen. One boop and these things are just crumbled. It's like that scene in The Wrestler with the cookie yeah. sheets. But it's a frying pan. You'd think it'd be a little bit sturdier. Lex Luger then comes out, attacks the Megaforce, and puts on his weighted glove. Is that what it was? A weighted glove? A, yeah, a coal miner's glove. Whatever you want to call it. I don't... Basically, okay. here is weapon. Just acknowledge. Just, just, just accept it. I thought it was just like brass knucks on a glove sort of thing. No, I don't know. This spot is meant to be. Ric Flair is holding Randy Savage. Lex Luger's going to punch him, and it's the one thing they didn't want to happen. But Lex, like, doesn't trust Savage to duck, and so he pulls short. Savage ducks, and then Lex's like, well, this is the finish, so he has to, like, rewind up, grabs Flair by the hair, and punches Ric Flair. They treat this like, oh, you accidentally hit him. Yes, and they stick with that. What the fuck? No, and he, like, Luger doesn't just stop short. He kind of, like, like half steps backwards, too, to, like, yeah. make sure that Randy gets out of the way, but it just ruins the whole moment. Hogan and Savage then go to, like, you know, quickly leave the fucking cage. To Professional win. Randy Savage is like, oh, wait, we have to actually win this match. And so... He runs back in to get the pin. Of the five men in the match, which one makes the most sense to, to, to you know, take the pinfall? The actor you never see again, Z-Gangster. The actor you never see again, The Ultimate Solution. He's been doing well, but lackey Arn Anderson. I guess he's still upright, um, but, you know, heel Lex Luger. Or the WCW champion, Ric Flair. Who you just knocked out. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying, why do you have Ric Flair... Take this spot to get pinned. Well, because he's, he's the only the, one that it matters. He's the champion. He's the only one that it means. It's a something. bullshit match. Have him pinned fucking Z Gangster. No, because you need the old the, the 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 mega powers to assert their dominance. No, that made sense to me. This guy was knocked out. He was an easy pin. I'm not take saying it. it's weird that Savage pinned Flair for that reason. I'm saying have anyone else take that knockout punch. It it wouldn't mean as much in the story. Whatever pseudo story it that doesn't they're mean writing. anything anyway. You forgot to pin him. It doesn't mean that much. So the Mega Powers win. We get the commentary. They wrap things up. And then we get some credits. I love the credits. Let me talk to you about the credits. <laughs> okay. Talk to the credits before we go to this match and wrap things up. Yeah. So very quickly. Um, usually pay-per-views don't have, like Wrestling in General doesn't really have rolling credits. Which, so when this started going, it was kind of weird. But to add to the weird... It was just everyone's first name that was involved. So, like, you just see a running list well, of, like... For, for a lot of them. There are some that get done later. Very, very few, though. So, as it's going, it's just, like, who did lighting? Oh, Joey, Bill, Phil, Tony. Who did costuming? Jay, Andrew. Like, just names. And then at the very end, it's, like, executive producer and vice president, Eric Bischoff. Of course, he gets his last name. No, I would actually like credits more on some wrestling shows or have it like accessible somewhere. Cause oh, yeah. I think the only person anyone's known in production has been Kevin Dunn and like maybe Stu because John Cena constantly calls him out, one of the camera guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, yeah, I don't know who like the LD or, or anything is for these shows. Like, Yeah. We don't know who like runs the cameras of like, we don't we don't know who's on the floor. We don't know who's backstage. Like, yeah. we don't know the team. Which, in a lot of cases, it's not necessary. But when you're doing a live show like this, and we know some of them, it's kind of weird that we don't know more. Or at least see their names. Thoughts on this match, though, Emily? Oh, it was rough. This was... You know, I was really hoping this was going to be a match that, like, it's so bad, it's good. And I'm like, this match is so bad, it's good, and then it wraps around back to bad again. 
Yeah, it's most it's mostly just bad. Yeah, like it's funny to see how ramshackled the cage is, and then they leave the cage, and I'm like, oh, now I don't care again. Exactly. Once they left the cage, like, oh, cool, I'm bored. Yeah, it, like it jumps the shark there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, random booty man save. I'm like, why? Why? Honestly, you guys were mostly doing fine. You really didn't need right. This was this was awful. Yeah. And weirdly enough. This is Hulk Hogan's last pay-per-view before joining the NWO. Oh, wow. I looked into that after this because I'm like, for me, 96 is Hogan does this and then joins the NWO. I'm like, what's in between? It's like. Not much. Two Nitro matches in April and that's it. Wow. Yeah. Like it's very much he's on one of his little breaks. Is he on TV like cutting promos or something? Not really. I mean, he had a bunch of time kind of built off into his schedule when he signed his contract, but. I've always wondered what's in between. I'm like, oh, it's it's not much. Hmm. But yeah, so he it makes sense that like, you literally cannot do anything with Hulk Hogan after this besides turn him heel. I mean, yeah. The crowd was not into this match either. Like, no. it, we're not alone here. It not was like, very obvious that the crowd was not into it. It was kind of embarrassing. And Kevin Sullivan's technically the main booker, but apparently he's just getting his marching orders from Hogan. Shocker. And, and as much as I hate to say this, I do not think the NWO would exist without the Dungeon of Doom. So can I tell you my geography? Because we did not actually go over it. Sure. So this Tower of Cages was called the Tower of Doom. And then the main cage at the bottom was the Doomsday Cage. Okay. So the Tower of Doom is what lays above the Dungeon of Doom. Because the Dungeon has to be a basement. So the Tower is above the Dungeon of Doom. The Dungeon of Doom resides within the Legion of Doom. And the Doomsday Cage acts as like a moat around the entirety of the Tower of Doom. And then, of course, we know that this resides within the Nation of Domination. And we know that the Crow lives on top of the Tower. There's our geography. I'm trying to think if there's anything else you've added in. I don't think so. <laughs> no, but as I was saying, <laughs> it's it's weird that I can draw a very clear line between the big, one of the biggest booms in wrestling history... To this fucking Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> I love it. Basically, you had to do something else because of the Dungeon of Doom. I love it. Thoughts on this overall pay-per-view, Emily? I will forget it tomorrow. I asked you, after we watched it, I'll ask you again. Is this worse than December to December? No. And I stand by that. It is not worse. I think I disagree. So, Dungeon... Fuck. <laughs> So December to December was bad because it was offensive. It was offensive to the viewer's intelligence and it was just making a mockery of us as a viewer. And that's why I think it is egregiously bad that you'll always hear me say this match was bad, but it was not offensive. And this show, Uncensored 96, was bad. It was not offensive. It was boring. It was long. It was poorly booked, but it was not offensive. And for that reason, it is not worse than December to December. I think the multiple long nothing matches and the abysmal, oh, I'm totally the underdog brother main event. I think this is, I think it's close, but I think this is a I'm not show. saying this is good. No, I think this is worse show, but it's close to where like, I get you picking that. It's not, you know, it's not like... I, I remember I remember Super Brawl, which like Super Brawl '99, which I lost my mind on. Like, I think that's probably even a a, a lot better than this probably, one. Probably, yeah. yeah. So my follow up question to you: 
is would you rather a card filled to the brim? I'm talking like 15, 16 matches, but they're all quick or a card like this where it's seven matches and they're all egregiously long. Uh, my my issue is that I don't know what like are, is there any story for the matches or is it WrestleMania four where it's just a tournament? I'm not going to say there's a tournament. I'm going to say that all 15, 16 matches have minimal story going in. In a bit of maybe hypocrisy, I will take the more shorter matches, but Ooh. but recognize the show is going to feel longer. Okay, because I can't handle that many matches. I can handle a long show. It's just a matter of, I'm like, it's easy to, to tune this show out. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm better with this show than I am with a show like that. When it's 15 matches on a card, I'm just saying 15. I don't think we've ever actually watched a show that has 15. No. But when we have a show that has that many matches, it's exhausting. Especially for us in our position, we have to keep real track of what's going on, the storylines, and then all of a sudden before we even realize that it's it started, it's over, and we're on to the next one. It's harder to watch. I'll at least take that. Admittedly, a lot of these matches, like the long, boring matches, I'm like... Almost struggling internally because I'm trying to find things to say. Yeah. Oh, and no, I, I heard that a lot when we were talking here. You're like mindless brawling, yada yada. Yeah, it's, it's like I, I'm I'm struggling more because I'm like I I don't know what to say and I want to convey this match. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, Emily, this was a grind. And with that, it's episode 100. I feel like we should bookend the beginning and the end with another little shot, Emily. Don't tell my doctor. You're going to show up and you're They're going like, to be like, I, the antibiotics didn't work. What's going on? No, it's like, like well. I listened to the episode. <laughs> I'm a butthead like the rest of them. We're not calling them buttheads. <laughs> you don't have a better name. I'm not naming my fans. That's so 2016 cringy. No, I'm not naming fans. <laughs> the buttheads. No. All right, well. Cheers to 100 episodes. <sighs> Here's to 100 more. 100 episodes are dead. Long live 100 episodes. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> But, Emily, we do still have to go into best bit, worst bit, and MVP. This was a struggle bus. Uh, yeah, admittedly, I kind of had my MVP and worst bit on the night. Yeah, my best bit, I I still don't feel great about, but it's going to be what it's going to be. I think my best bit's going to be fucky. What is your best bit, Emily? Nick Patrick's leg. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Name me a better best bit. I, you know, it's funny. When, when you said it, I knew it was going to be that. Him flexing his leg up to the rope. It was in such like a dance move almost. He was like, no, it is this. It gave me joy. So yeah, Nick Patrick's leg was the best bit. Jesus. What? Give me a better one. The medulla oblongata. <laughs> it's the Road Warriors promo. It's all I got, man. Okay. I- I you know honorable mention to Finley versus Regal it was Ugh. maybe but like it was passable I don't know that I would give it best bit yeah I think it's passable on this show yeah there's nothing good on this show man no there's hence the leg um Emily what is your worst bit so it was close it was I it was close between the main event and what I chose I did not choose the main event okay. I picked the Booker Sting versus Road Warrior match. I don't blame you. It was fucking terrible. Oh, man. Honestly, if I could give it to a three-way tie of the tag team title match, the main event, and the DDP booty man (laughs) match, I would. No, I don't think I would put that in my top. I'm going to give mine to the main event. Yeah. Because there are people in that match 
who could have had a decent match in this show. And it was like, well, no, Hulk Hogan has to beat them. So we can't do Savage versus Flair tonight because Hogan needs to beat Ric Flair. Yeah. It, it took talent away from potential matches. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. I do get that. Your choice is very valid. So is yours. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very valid choice. Uh, Mutual respect here. And I think there is also an element of people remember this show for my match being bad. And they are surprised about how bad your choice is. Yes. It's like a cherry on top. Uh, But let's try to find a little silver lining, Emily. Who is your MVP? (laughs) So everyone's going to be Do not give it a Dusty Rhodes. No. Do not give it a Dusty Rhodes. I was going to give it to commentary as a whole because no. they had some hella good zingers. Don't give it. They had such good zingers on commentary that I was like, give, they were giving me a little bit of life. My plan B was Jimmy Hart just for being unapologetically himself and knowing Jesus. his goddamn character. I yeah, love him. Yeah, pick one person. One person? But you just told me I can't give it to Dusty and I feel like people are going to get mad at me if I give it to Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Bitch. Fine. Bobby Heenan. Commentary was hilarious tonight. They were so snarky and sassy and did not want to be there as much as we did not want to be watching and they were forced to be there. I think Dusty wanted to be there. I think Tony and Bobby didn't. <laughs> but they were... It was hilarious. I loved listening to commentary on the show. Who's your MVP? If you give it to fucking like... Randy Savage or something. I'm going to kill you. You know, I, honestly, for a second, I was debating Randy <laughs> because Randy's the only one in that match who's fo- who's focused. Sure. But I am going to go the opposite end of this. Oh, I'm God. giving mine to Eddie Guerrero. Oh, I kind of forgot he was on the show. Eddie showed some good flash. You get like, oh yeah, he's going to be a big deal. He had yeah. he had something in his match, and but even his match was boring. I like, blame- Eddie Guerrero put on a boring match. I blame Conan. And I'm sticking with that. Okay. Okay. If you look back, most of my notes are about Eddie doing something and Conan's True. also there. I guess that's fair. Oh, next up is WrestleMania 9. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why did I pick sold out? That's coming after. What the fuck? <laughs> you did this. I had that moment at the end of the show. Fuck me. I. <laughs> but it's going to be okay because we're going to go to WrestleMania and we're going to watch Cody get the belt off of we haven't put it's out a thunder yet i can just i can re-record it's i can, I can change fine. my answer it's gonna be fine <laughs> we haven't put out the graphic you're right. i'll do canadian stampede or something i don't know canadian stampede i don't want to ask but we're gonna go to wrestlemania and it's gonna be good it's gonna be great we have that little thing to look forward to yeah we'll see what happens to the rest of that card good. i can't wait additionally in between wrestlemania 9 and sold out we will have heroes of wrestling over on the patreon as mentioned a couple times, WrestleMania 29 now on the Patreon, patreon.com slash butts in the seats. We got some good stuff over there. We got two, we really we, do. We got 10 episodes right now. We do. And upcoming, we got more impact and Hogan Knows Best. Ooh, Hogan Knows Best is going to be a toughie for you, I feel. Well, it's going to be toughie because we have to watch on Daily Motion because You're it's not be... available anywhere. No, which is wild. Like season two, you can buy. You can't even buy find season one anywhere. You can't find it to purchase. Like if I, we're we've committed to giving money to this, and they won't take it. Some money. I'm not finding. I'm not buying a, a, a DVD off eBay. <laughs> but you can listen to all of our canon episodes. And all 100 canon episodes. Nick has been 100 episodes. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Deezer, and iHeartRadio. Woo! Deezer. We love Deezer. And Emily, you can follow us on social media at... Butts in the Pod on Instagram and X, as well as Threads. And 
Butts in the Seats podcast on Facebook, and then you can follow us on Patreon. $5 a month at, at patreon.com slash butts in the seats. $5 a month gets you an extra episode every three or so weeks. We're aiming to keep to that three weeks um, timeline. It's It can be iffy here and there, but absolutely one extra episode a month for $5 a month. Yeah, last episode's up. The Marine and WrestleMania 29. Looking forward to it. All about that John Cena life, apparently. <laughs> well, Emily, any closing thoughts on episode 100? It's been a crazy ride i can't believe we've actually sat down and recorded and put out a hundred episodes that's yeah. bizarre to me i thought we were gonna bail on this 30 episodes in i do want to go thank you even though we may or not have you know paid these people for sponsorships and plugs and all that but as your podcast and osw review two shows that definitely have given us a bump and yes. shows that helped inspire you know the format and the style and the Absolutely. humor and the subjects and Admittedly, if you listen to those and listen to us and don't see the resemblance, I don't know what the hell you're hearing. They've also kind of paved the way, both of those podcasts, on how to talk about really difficult subjects. So we really do thank them for kind of being the the guiding light in wrestling podcasting. And we want to thank, you know, all of you, as cliche as it is. Yeah, we kind of made the decision at the very beginning of this podcast journey of if no one's listening, we're not going to continue because what's the point? But you guys have been so incredibly supportive and you've been here for every episode and you've showed up and it's really incredible to see. Like every time we get a new, like you don't understand how excited I get every time we get a new follower on on Instagram or Twitter or whenever we get a new patron on Patreon, I get so excited. So I, I really can't thank you enough. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it really helps to know we're not just screaming into the void. Yeah, because it really does sometimes feel like that. <laughs> I also continue to be convinced that we have listeners in high places because we'll talk about something and then I'll hear, you know, a cultaholic or a fucking <laughs> wrestle talk and something mentioned. I remember we talked about the dogs and then there was a video of like, oh, surprising final WWE appearances <laughs> and Jericho was one of them. And I'm like, you, what you, you fuckers listen to listen? our podcast, didn't you, Squidward? <laughs> Oh, we don't think that highly ones. of ourselves, but be cool if it was. But then again, the flip side, we and SmackDown Crawl both talked about the random pay-per-view stills unrelated oh. to each other. <laughs> we all fucking hate them. Aside from anything wrestling related, though, you as the listeners have listened to Nick and I grow as a couple. You've listened to us move house together. You've listened to us talk about wedding planning. We announced our engagement on this podcast. We've now been married we you we've shared our life with you and as minimal as you know as you know as we have but you guys have become part of our our lives and we talk about what we want to talk about on the podcast to share with people so we are always thinking about you as listeners (laughs) this started as a try to stay sane during lockdown and all that and this was just a passing hobby that we're like yeah we'll kill a couple hours we have microphones i (laughs) I remember what the hell we had for episode one. It's, it sounds so bad. It makes me so embarrassed. Because oh, episode two sounds fine. I'm like, what did we do? I remember we had binders. We were sitting at our dining room table. And yeah. we had binders in front of each other to try to block out the sound. So we couldn't even see each other, even though we were a foot away from each other. Because we were trying to block the sound from a one mic to the other. It was so shoddy. Yeah, we're 100 episodes in and... I can guarantee you 69 more. Nice. <laughs> Slash episode 170 is just going to be a uh, overall bitsies. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe at some point in those 69 episodes, we'll share more big life moments. So Emily, any closing, closing thoughts? Thanks. 
And thank you, Nick. Thank you for sitting across from me for all 100 episodes. Thank you. I know it's not always easy to keep up with my lizard brain. And it's not always easy to, like... It's not always easy for you to understand my goldfish brain. I know how frustrating that could be for you. Yeah, well, I think there's only um, one question to take us out, Emily. Who is Scott Norton? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Emily, who is Scott Norton? <laughs> Tell me anything Thanks about Thanks for listening Scott to the Butts in the Seats podcast. <laughs> Bye! Special post-show quiz, re-recorded intro for it because um, we did this at the start originally, and it kind of ended on the wrong foot because <laughs> I kind of misrepresented what the quiz was meant to be. Yeah, it kind of divulged into a whole other thing. This was presented as a quiz, and really, what it is is a Ken Emily guess a series of fun facts about the <laughs> podcast. After a hundred episodes, there are a lot of things to be, you know, asked about and. Y'all know my goldfish brain. I didn't do too hot. <laughs> so the goal was to get 16 points on this quiz out of 30 questions, plus some others at the end. Um, but enjoy this series of fun facts disguised as a butts in the seats quiz. Woo! So Emily, since we're talking about the last quiz, can you name a question from the first quiz? Who was on the Raw that went head-to-head with Nitro? Emily, that is not the question. That, that's the essence of the question. No, it was name another match from... Oh, I think I should get that. Now, what you can do is get the bonus point, which is, what was the answer to that question? I'll take any answer. Okay, so tell me what the actual question was again. Name any match from the night of the Finger Poke of Doom. Like, any of the answers? Yes. Well, you just said Rock yes, and Mankind. Yes, I admittedly I actually gave you, that away. Yeah, so you just said Rock You get and a Mankind. bonus point. Second bonus point, Chance... What shot did I have to do for you getting enough points? I feel like this was towards the beginning of your obsession with screwball. I'm going to say you did screwball. No. Loser had to do a shot of pecan bourbon. Oh, yeah, because that was an engagement gift, and we recorded this after our engagement party. I kind of imagine a lot of these, you're going to be getting it wrong and then going, oh, oh yeah. yeah. All right, so Emily, you okay. have one point. One point. Question number two. How many WrestleManias have we reviewed, oh. including the ones on Patreon? Oh, okay. Already reviewed. So your pick of WrestleMania 9 does not count. My gut answer is 11. You're somewhat close. The correct answer is 9. Nine. And from okay. memory, in release order, we did WrestleMania 37 first, then 15 in the timeline, then 38, which was not a numbered episode, but... That's where all the weird math of like, is this the 100th episode comes in? Yeah. Whatever. WrestleMania 24, WrestleMania 39, WrestleMania 2000. And then 18, 13, and 29 on the Patreon. Technically, very shortly, we will have done 11, because we'll have done WrestleMania 9 and WrestleMania 40. Yes. So you're incorrect, but you're only temporarily incorrect. <laughs> yeah, so give me a month and I'll be there. Emily, this question has a chance for two points. Okay. Getting three of them correct gets you one point. Getting all of them correct gets you two points. Emily, please name for me the, the members of the NWO B team. Oh, on it. Okay. Brian Adams. Yes. 
Stevie Ray. Yes. Kurt Hedding. No. No. Yes. Nope. Yes. Nope. Was he in the Wolfpack? He was in the actual NWO, and he and he was kicked out, kind of by the B team, but he was still in the NWO. <laughs> okay, fine. Barry Windham. Nope. Yes. Nope. Yes. Same episode. No. Literally the same segment. I did. I disagree. Well, now I'm second fucking guessing everything. Emily, you need to name one more to get a point. You've named Brian Adams. Horace fucking Hogan. Correct. Win. You that were... seemed like such a bullshit answer. I hated that. Emily, you were missing Vincent. Never was going to remember him. And I swear to God, you fucking missed Scott Norton again. <laughs> we just talked about him. <laughs> Even as you said his name, I was like, who's that? Oh, right. The thing is, we were talking about that on the last episode, and I'm like, she's going to get this fucking question wrong in the next episode. And you did. Scott Norton cannot stay in my brain. I don't know what is wrong with me or with him. I think it's him. I don't think it's me, honestly. He, gone. Never, never sticks. Give me a lineup of men. I will never point him out. All right. Question number four. Two men have gotten three MVPs from one of us. And none from the other. Oh. It's one from each. Name either of them for one point or name both of them for two points. Hmm. Something tells me Scott Steiner. Correct. Yes. I have given Steiner MVP three times. You've not given it to him yes, once. That, that, yeah, that sounds right. And then... For the, me. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that like I love just for the lulls and you never give it to the lulls. It's not... I'll give you the hint. It's not necessarily for the lulls. It's almost oh. surprising I haven't picked this person. Hmm. Okay. I will note it's not Hulk Hogan or Kevin Nash. Is it a wrestler? Yes. Is it Scott Hall? No. Roddy Piper. Really? Yeah. I was oh, surprised wow. too. There are four potential answers for oh, this. Oh, my God. You can get up to four points. Name any of the fucky MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the definition of fucky MVP shifts every time I do it. Okay. It's it's the it's the people that are like basically unnamed. <laughs> The Woo Girl. Yes, the Woo Girl is one of them. You have four points. Wait, I got four points for that one. No, 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 no. I'm saying you have four points total. Okay. There are three <laughs> others if you can get any of them. One of them was mine, too. Oh, it was the dog backstage with Jericho? No, that was the best bit. That was not Damn an MVP. It. Oh. It was like a security guard or something. Oh, you're you're very close. You're warm. Oh. Fuck. Anybody else you want to guess before you throw in the towel? No, um... We never gave MVP to a dog. No. I really remember giving it to a dog. No, we gave that to the best bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I don't know. You're thinking of Joe the cop. Joe the cop. The farmer who helps Ric Flair out of the field. Yes! We love him. <laughs> and the contortionist who did a segment with uh, Kevin Nash, like getting out of a box or something. Oh, yeah, because I remember giving it to her because she showed real talent. Who have we given the most MVPs to over the course of the podcast? Ugh, okay. I feel like I'm going to be wrong, but my gut says DDP. Correct. Yay! When I made this quiz originally, the answer was Bret Hart, and, and we gave it to him so much in the last couple episodes that it's DDP. Not not for bonus point, but do you want to guess how many times you give it to him? Seven times? Seventeen. Seventeen times? Yeah. Holy shit. Collectively. Okay. Damn. Oh, collectively. Okay. Emily, how many ECW shows have we reviewed on the main feed? Are we counting WWE ECW? That was on the Patreon, so that one doesn't count Damn regardless. Damn you're right. Um, three. Five. Fuck. Question number eight. Who has appeared in the most pay-per-view best bits? 
I want to say Ric Flair. I would have accepted two answers. Neither of them are Ric Flair. Fuck. The correct, the full correct answer is Chris Benoit, but I didn't like that answer. Fair. So I would have accepted Billy Kidman. I see. I was thinking Kidman, Kidman and Mysterio are always my favorite matches, but like they're not always on pay per views. That was my thought. They're usually in the undercards. The thing, and you, you pretty much always give it to them. I do, and I love Billy Kidman. Damn, I feel bad about that. I was gonna say that. All right, we danced around this one earlier. Damn it, Emily. Including this one. How many episodes have we actually released across here and on Patreon? <laughs> Point of order, I am not counting the re-release of episode one. Okay. It's going to be minimum 110. I'm going to say 117. 113. <sighs> there are only three unnumbered episodes on the main feed. Really? It is WrestleMania 38, 39, and NXT season three. Wow, I thought there were more. Question number 10. What is our most listened to episode? I believe it's the Halloween Havoc episode. It's close. It's number two. <gasps> it was Halloween Havoc for so long. Bash at the Beach 1999 did so well out of nowhere. And I don't get it because it's not a good show. You know <laughs> what? I will take a good that loss, cause... Sure. Okay. Tim. They are Havoc very close. dethroned. Everybody go listen to Halloween Havoc real quick. Question 11. Did we release more episodes while dating or engaged? You're saying engaged, not married. Correct. Because it's definitely not married. Oh, I want to say dating. Is that your final answer? I feel like I'm wrong now that you're asking Is that your final answer? Yes. You are correct. Yes! <laughs> when you go, I want to say, you're not saying it. You want to say it. That's why I asked. Because we were dating for three years doing this. We were engaged for one year doing this. And now we've been married for six months. So obviously it wasn't the six months. But we did a lot of recording in that one year. So. I have the numbers if you want them. Yeah. We released 47 episodes while dating. Holy fuck. How did 41 we... while engaged. Wow. We did 41 episodes in a year. It That's was a little wild. over a year. Like just over a year. You're in, you're in three months? I think we also committed to doing more in that time. During that engagement period, that was when we like really ramped up. I don't know why we hated ourselves in this year. Because in the year of our engagement, we got engaged. I started a new job. Nick started a new job. We ramped up production on the podcast. We bought a house. And oh yeah, we planned a wedding. Why did we hate ourselves between 2022 and 2023? 41 episodes of the podcast in that time. Ah, oh my God. I will give or take a week on on this because I'm asking for a date. Okay. What date... Did we watch WrestleMania 18 for the pilot? Oh, for the pilot? <sighs> okay. I found the date in my notes. And I'm like, all right, there okay, we go. Okay, so we recorded around Halloween, but that was Halloween Havoc. We did the pilot like way before that because you did not want to commit to doing a podcast. No, I didn't want to commit to editing the four-hour recording file. <laughs> No, but it was, I think it was like four months. It was a long time, but it was also COVID and we were depressed and drinking and it was bad. I am going to say we record, and it was hot. It was hot. So I'm going to say that it was in June. I'm going to say it was, fuck it, June 22nd. July 23rd. Oh my God, I was so close. Come <laughs> July on. July 33rd. Come on. Twenty. To be fair, yeah, it was hot and it was the summer of 2020. We weren't that close. I I was off by a month. Yeah, they're all. That's not that far off. Granted, what the question is. When when it was a month, I was off by a month from something that happened five years ago. Four, but. Whatever. 
oh, I'm mad about that. I should get that. Right in if I should get that. Still at six points. Question 13. What was the exit music for our first episode? I don't fucking know. You were doing Mario stuff at the beginning. What was the first episode, Emily? Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Monster Mash. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're, see, that's the thing. You're overthinking it now. You're at seven points. Yeah. Nick tries to squeeze Monster Mash into as much in his life as he can. He will go to karaoke and sing Monster Mash in, like, July. Yeah. It's Holi- just a holiday song. Holiday song for the July. <laughs> Question 14. How many Nitros were in the first Vince Russo era? Less than you think. Because it wasn't a year, right? (laughs) Substantially less than a year. Yeah, it was only a few months. I'm going to say there were eight. Thirteen. All right, question number 15. What is the only WCW show we've reviewed that was not on the main timeline? I should say, not like in chronological order kind of thing. There's one show we did out of order. Halloween Havoc 97. 98. I thought 98 is where we started. Correct. Halloween Havoc 98. No, that's the first episode. How is that one out of timeline? That's the first episode we did. You just looked at me like I was right, and then I wasn't right. No, the look I gave you was... <laughs> it was it's 95. It's not 98. I knew it was Halloween <laughs> Havoc. I'm giving myself a half point. No. Yes. Here, I'm giving you a freebie point. Emily, who is the joint MVP from that episode? Oh, the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm All right. myself a point. You are at eight points. Um, not doing well. This is not going well. You actually cannot win at this point. Red! <laughs> Fuck it. I don't even give a we'll shit. We'll keep going, though. Um, question 16. Name a former WWE champion that we've seen on the show, but neither of us has ever given MVP. I am not counting Chris Benoit or David Arquette. Randy Savage? We have given Randy Savage MVP. Damn it. I don't know, man. I've already lost... The four possible answers, two of them would have been tough to remember that we saw them, were Ron Simmons and Vader. Oh, you're being fucky. You're being fucky because you made that sound like we watched them on WCW television and we obviously did not. Okay, the other two are the Giant and Jeff Jarrett, so. Okay. (laughs) Weird honorable mention in that category to Barry Windham. Well, we gave him West Essex Rednecks. Yes, so it's one of those, does it count for him? But also, he won like the NWA title when it was in WCW. It's a whole weird lineage. There's a couple guys that count for NWA title in WCW, but yeah. No, Vader and Ron Simmons were ones that I didn't think. That's fucky. The the Giant and Jeff Jarrett, those are real ones. We've never given Jeff Jarrett MVP. You sound surprised like we did. I'm saying you've never given Jeff Jarrett MVP. No. That's shocking to me. I hate Jeff Jarrett, but... He's been so present in so many things that I I could have seen it going to him at some point. The Giant, I don't know why the fuck he ever had the title. Let's move into our second category of this. So the next and final category is spot the fake pay-per-view match. Okay. So Emily, I'm going to give you a list of four matches. Three of these matches we have reviewed on the podcast. They're all pay-per-view matches. One of them we have not. It's either a fake match or it happened... You know, on a Nitro, or it happened on a show we didn't review. Oh, God, I hate that. There, Yeah, there's one match we have not reviewed in each list of four. On a pay-per-view. Correct. To potentially help, we'll see. I am going in pay-per-view order. That so. does not help at all, and you know it. Your first group of four is Ernest Miller versus Norman Smiley, Alex Wright versus Fit Finley, Ernest Miller and Sonny Ono versus Perry Saturn and Kaz Hayashi, or Brian Adams and Scott Norton versus Fit Finley and Jerry Flynn? My guess is 
Cat and Sonny versus Perry and Kasayashi. That is a real match that happened on World War Three. I believe that it was a real match. I just didn't think it was on the pay-per-view. So I forgot to mention the unofficial title of this section of I can't believe they put that on pay-per-view. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the problem, because, yeah, they put this shit on pay-per-view. Honestly, these just were meant to be, remember this match? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> my, my second guess was that last one you said. No, the, 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 I guess I should say the fake answer. It was Ernest Miller versus Norman Fuck. Smiley. That happened at Fall Brawl 98, yeah. pay-per-view before our first episode. Okay, that's so fucky. But we never watched that. Because that sounds more like a pay-per-view match. Question two. Your options are Chris Benoit versus Mike Enos, Booker T versus Disco Inferno, David Flair versus Kurt Hedding, or Jerry Flynn facing Ernest Miller and Sonny Ono. I did realize, I'm like, I don't think Emily remembers any <laughs> Ernest Miller matches. I'm going to say the David Flair one didn't happen on pay-per-view. You are correct. I'll be damned. That was a shot in the fucking dark, I'll tell you what. The actual match was a tag team match of Ric Flair and David Flair against Kurt Hedding and Barry Windham. Ah, Wow. The singles match did not happen. Question three. Scotty Riggs versus Mikey Whipwreck. Gorgeous George versus Charles Robinson. Ernest Miller versus Horace Hogan. Or Blitzkrieg versus Psychosis. The first one. That is a real match. Scotty Riggs defeated Mikey Whipwreck in his debut. The fake match. Who the fuck is Scotty Riggs? He is uh, Buff Bagwell's former tag partner. Who the fuck is Scotty Riggs? (laughs) The incorrect answer was Blitzkrieg versus Psychosis. That didn't happen on a pay-per-view? Blitzkrieg actually faced Juventud Guerrera on pay-per-view. By the way, we are in the summer of 99 at this point. That doesn't help anything, and you know it. All right, question four. Rick Steiner versus Van Hammer. The No Limit Soldiers versus the Jersey Triad. Randy Savage versus Dennis Rodman. Or Hugh Morris and Brian Knobs versus Dean Malenko and Shane Douglas. That one. The correct answer was the No Limit Soldiers versus the Jersey Triad. That didn't happen? They never even feuded. Really? Yep. No Limit Soldiers only feuded with the Filthy Animals. Cool. And then they vanished. I really thought they were around longer. Question five. Brad Armstrong versus Berlin. Medusa versus Mona. David Flair versus Kimberly Page. Vampiro versus Dr. Death Steve Williams. I'm going to say David versus Kimberly. Nope, that is a match that at least sort of happened, ended in no contest. Uh, the fake match was Medusa versus Mona, a match they announced and then never did. Okay, so I remember that being, like, talked about. And the final question in this category... And the whole test. <laughs> well, is Tank Abbott versus Jerry Flynn, The Wall versus The Demon, Norman Smiley and The Demon versus Lane and Rave... Or The Wall versus Crowbar and David Flair. See, I don't feel like this is fair because I know all of these matches have happened. One of them is not. Like, one's a true fake? One of them is a true fake. The Wall versus Crowbar and David Flair. Correct. Because he only feuded with Crowbar. He faced Bam Bam, and then Crowbar and David Flair came out afterwards to do a whole angle. Damn. But he did feud with both of them. But yeah, that was really, that was tougher than I, I thought it would be. I'm still proud of you. I'm and, not. And Emily... I have a bonus section. We're going to try to uh, speed through. I'll give you bonus points for any of these to get you back up to speed. I don't need your pity points. I got 10 points out of a possible 30. Well, 
I have a I list of... I failed in school. I fail in the test. It's fine. Emily, I have 10 Patreon bonus questions. Oh, Jesus Christ. Emily, name the entire cast of Legends House. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Okay, so there's Mean Gene, Pat Patterson, Roddy Piper, Tony Atlas, Hacksaw Jim, Hillbilly Jim. There's another Jim. Oh, Jimmy Hart. That's seven. I have one more. Non-wrestler. Oh, Fink. Yes. Yeah. All right. Bonus point for Emily. Ooh, that makes it all worth it. Emily, what was Ashley's last name? Oh, Ashley Pussycat Doll. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was just like. I don't know if Emily would know this. No. Uh, Ashley Roberts. Sure. <laughs> Ashley Pussycat Doll. Emily, can you name one of the two bands that performed on our pilot episode of WrestleMania 18? No. We're looking for Saliva or Drowning Pool. Nope. In our ECW December December episode, who was who was the competitor removed from the Extreme Elimination Chamber? <sighs> they found this person basically unconscious in some random backstage. Yes, area. I remember. Who the fuck was that? Was it um, was it Iron Sheik? You're barking up similar trees. Iron Sheik would not have been able to wrestle at that time. Uh, You're racistly correct. Fuck, I, I was afraid of that. Um, Think ECW Arabian. It's not coming to me. Sabu. Oh. Question five. Name another actor or actress from the Marine that's not John Cena. Robert. His name is Robert. <laughs> Robert Terminator. You know what? You've identified the first name when you know them from. I'll give it a point. It's Robert Patrick. Sure. Uh, do you remember John Cena's character's name? That's not John uh, Triton. There you go. Absolutely. Okay. I, 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 of course, I remember John Triton. His wife's name was Kate, and then there were some goons. That I remember some of their names, but not all of them. What is Val Venus's TNA catchphrase? <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> it's real dumb. It's not "Hello, ladies." <laughs> no. Is it just "Hello there"? <laughs> no. No. Fuck. Oh, what is it? <laughs> I can't remember. I only said it once. I mean. But it's, ladies, I'm, I'm here. here. Yes. It was something along the same lines. Uh, what city did Unforgiven 2006 take place in? Toronto. Correct. Yeah. So, Emily, you've had two people that have appeared who have gotten best bit for an episode and worst bit for an episode. One of them got best bit, worst bit on the same episode. One of them got best bit on one episode and worst bit on another. I gave somebody the best bit and the worst bit? Yes. Can you name oh, either of these two? Jesus Christ. And this is on a Patreon episode? These, yeah, this is all Patreon episodes. I'd say they appeared in them. You necessarily give it to, to them. It's not Edge, is it? No. I'm thinking of the like weird hangy moment at that WrestleMania. That was Wrestle, that, that was a main timeline WrestleMania. That would oh, not have appeared it. on Patreon. I don't know. You gave best bit to The Rock for, for uh, Hogan and Rock. And then you gave worst bit to The Rock for The Rock and John Cena. I don't remember either of those matches. <laughs> One of them we just reviewed. It's the last episode. Nope. And you also gave it to Bret Hart on the same night for WrestleMania 13 for his match with Steve Austin and then him just being a whiny little fucker. That sounds right. You've had those two appear in a best bit and worst bit. You've only had one person appear twice in a best bit on the Patreon. We've done so many different things on the Patreon. I can't find like a line of relation. Yeah, they they are a handful of years apart. I don't know. The answer was CM Punk. Oh. You gave him best bit for Undertaker and CM Punk, and then the Extreme Elimination Chamber. Okay. <laughs> and Emily, final question before I put you out of your misery. I'm dying. This one is a little cheating. This one is not actually 
a Patreon episode that's happened yet. But true or false, Lex Luger will body slam Yokozuna at Heroes of Wrestling. True. <laughs> false. God damn it, Emily. It's happening in my heart. Lex is actually employed when they do Heroes of Wrestling. Oh, that went a lot longer than I thought. Um, Sorry, I have to think. You just bombarded me with 22 fucking questions I don't know the answers to. Sorry. Actually, 32 questions. Yeah, fuck you. I don't even feel bad for this going long. Well, thanks for listening to this random bonus quiz at the end of Uncensored, and uh, we'll see you at WrestleMania 9. (sighs) 